I do think Sammy Watkins is going to have a great, I think every game he, I think the games he play will be great. I'm not sold to say he's going to have a great season yet because if he gets I'm a not sold, yards, he can play that many games. You will what? If he gets over a thousand yards this year and proves me wrong, I will literally like eat a stick of butter on this podcast, honestly. Welcome into season number two of the Pinewood Perspective. This is the first episode of season two. It's been a long damn time since us three have been sitting on here. Uh, probably since April. The draft, I believe, is the last episode we did. And that was the, I think, the Khalil Mack trade as well. It was like right around that time as well when we were doing the last episode where we had the the live shot of Khalil Mack uh, getting traded on the pod. So it's been a long time. Um, and it's been the craziest offseason ever. Let me give you guys some names here real quick. Tyreek Hill, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Bobby Wagner, Amari Cooper, just to name a few, are all on new teams. Insane. Insane. 11 different teams will have new starting quarterbacks based off last year's week one starters. And 10 different teams will have a new head coach. This has to be the craziest offseason ever, right, guys? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's up there, but they all feel crazy to me personally. So I don't know. I can't remember this much juice ever. Thomas? Yeah, you know, it's it's been a while. Um, you know, this is a very active offseason and especially being a year away from COVID. Um, from like a financial standpoint, teams couldn't really prepare. So I think you saw a lot of uh, unnecessary trades. I mean, Dallas, we saw dump Amari Cooper for nothing. They could really use him right now. So overall, I mean, it's definitely been a crazy offseason. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Oh, I think it's it's been probably one of the most fun offseasons ever. It was at a point where it came like June, and I was like lost on who was where. Like the entire summer, I was thinking Amari Cooper was still in Dallas, and then I always had to keep reiterating to myself, no, Amari Cooper's in Cleveland. And, you know, same thing with, like, Bobby Wagner. I keep thinking he's in Seattle, but really he's just in L.A. now, right? Yep. Yeah, see, look, exactly. I'm over here, you know, having to double double take on myself over here because it's just so hectic. We saw it with draft night as well, A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown both being moved. It's It's been insane. It's been an insane offseason, uh, things you usually just don't see. And the fact that we also have 10 different kind of coaching hires – and then going into the offseason, we were thinking there was going to be like five. I was thinking maybe five or six. You know, I thought there were some locks like Matt Nagy. Uh, we all thought the Giants were sticking with Joe Judge. We didn't think that Sean Payton was gone. We didn't think that Bruce Arians was gone. We didn't think that Brian Flores was gone. It's just been a very, very hectic offseason. So it's we just have so much to kind of unfold now. When we're going through all these predictions, we have so many new players and things to kind of get into. But let's start with the head coaching hires. Who do you guys think is the most intriguing of the head coaching hires? Thomas, you have a new head coach. We'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think Kevin O'Connell is very intriguing. 
Um, he see it. It was a pretty obvious hire. Is he the though. most intriguing one out of all the head coaching hires? Truthfully, actually, no. I think the most intriguing hire is Matt Eberflus from the Chicago Bears. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, when you have someone like Justin Fields at quarterback, it's an offensive-minded league. So I know they wanted to go away from Matt Nagy, but I think it's very intriguing to go with a defensive-minded head coach with a young quarterback of Justin Fields that you're putting the franchise on his shoulders. And I just don't know if a defensive coordinator – is the way to go because we haven't really seen it work recently in the NFL. It's the Sean McVay, the Kyle Shanahan, uh, Kevin Stefanski as of recently. So, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, maybe the last one was Robert Saleh from the Jets. I mean, we've seen how that's kind of worked with Zach Wilson so far. Hasn't been great. Um, Because it just seems like you need an offensive-minded coach because, say, Fields does take off with this offense – gets he's gone then you're going to need to bring in someone new you have a if you have an offensive mind head coach it's the same system you're in you're out there's an offensive philosophy we saw the how the bears handled the draft they passed on someone such as george pickens who fills a need for the team to go defense defensive minded coaches typically favor defense you saw that when they took kyler gordon then they took jaquan brisker argument that there could definitely be needs there but I just felt like there wasn't enough addressed offensively. And that just kind of comes with the defensive minded mindset of a head coach. It happened with the Vikings of Mike Zimmer. You know, there was always times he wanted his defense. So I'm just kind of intrigued to see how he fits there. His resume is great. I love Matt Eberflus. I really, I wanted him as a head coach for the Vikings as a candidate, maybe not higher, but as a candidate. And overall, I'm just intrigued to see how that affects Fields' development and kind of just see, their philosophy over the next few years as they continue to rebuild. Right. What do you think? I... First off, I think that was a great analysis, great breakdown. And um, with uh, Thomas choosing Eberflus and the bears, I feel like intriguing, you know, it's, it's a big word. It's all about how you, how you interpret it. And for this, um, I just think that this coach landed in probably the best situation. Um, he's had his, chances before and it never really worked out but Josh McDaniels going to Las Vegas and getting another chance um I know that division's going to be tough but with with adding you know a tough division with adding an extra playoff team with seven teams making the playoffs now that's not necessarily an excuse to miss the playoffs you know tough division like you can win nine games in a tough division and you're going to get in the playoffs so um I think the Raiders with how they're loaded right now, they have to get into the playoffs. Um, they seem to be, I mean, arguably have some of the best weapons in the game with Devontae Adams there, Hunter Renfro in the slot, uh, Darren Waller, and Derek Carr throwing the ball. And, I mean, that's just more than enough for um, Josh McDaniels to get it done. So I really like McDaniels there. And, you know, just saying his name so much, I think it's fair to mention Mike McDaniel with the uh, Miami Dolphins has a lot of weapons there himself. So those are, those are the definitely uh, the two that I think are the most intriguing Miami and uh, Vegas with who they've hired. I agree with Josh McDaniels as intriguing. I also agree with an Eberflus. Like Brett said, it's how you interpret the word intriguing. Um, 
When it goes to Josh McDaniels, it's intriguing. Right, there's there's really no wrong answer, you know? Yeah, exactly. When it goes to Josh McDaniels, it's intriguing because he's had a chance with Denver with a strong-arm quarterback and Jay Cutler back in the day. Things didn't work out. He wanted to roll with Matt Castle. He was a very, very young head coach. At the time, he was the youngest head coach to ever coach in the NFL. So it's intriguing seeing here now almost 15 years later to finally get his second chance at it, and he's going into a great system. Uh, he almost left a few years ago for Indianapolis, bailed on that, and now here he is. Um, talking about Matt Eberflus and Chicago not going with offensive guys that were available like Mike McDaniels, Brian Dable, Byron Leftwich, and going with the defensive-minded head coach in Matt Eberflus. My thing that's kind of intriguing about it is that he's not gonna he's not gonna be calling either defense or offense. He's going to just be the head coach and oversee everything he's in defensive meetings he's in offensive meetings he's in special teams meetings and I feel like the one thing about the whole offensive coordinator thing Thomas is that you said if Getsy works out and Fields turns into an all-star then you got to find a new offensive coordinator well who cares you got him to the point of him turning out to be an all-star it's not too hard to call an offense with an all-star quarterback I mean are we thinking that Josh Allen is going to fall outside of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL this year because he lost Brian Dable I don't think so. Um, I think that his weapons are still good. And I think well, that he's just I, an extremely talented quarterback. I do want to say there, um, you know, it's just maybe that, that doesn't go without saying that, like, he doesn't – maybe maybe Getsy just gets the most out of him, you know? I mean, taking – losing an offensive coordinator is still a huge step back. Oh, 100%. You know, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that – Right. It's, it's the fact of the new playbook and not getting in a second year in the system. It's not the fact of who Justin Fields would become, does become. I don't know. I just felt like that was just. I mean, how do we think Mac Jones is going to do now without Josh McDaniels? Now we, that's kind of a prime example of Mac's probably not going to be as comfortable and it's not going to be as comprehensive as it would with McDaniels calling the plays. Mac's probably going to come down and it's not even his fault. Well, and maybe that on. year, no, no, what I will say is maybe, maybe this, maybe that year three, you know, it'll be able to, to rebound, but, and I'm not saying Mac Jones is going to have a bad year, but you can't tell me that he's going to be just as good as he was, as if he didn't have his guy rolling into year two, you know? I think Justin Fields just, go out there and throw 38 touchdown passes this year and gets, he's not getting a job next year. Like it's how many, it took Brian Dable. Oh, quite a yeah, bit. But Josh, no, I, guess I mean, he's not I getting a job. We're next talking year. about, I mean, we're talking, we're, we're talking about Getsy in three years. We're I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how Dabble and Josh Allen is being in the comparison of Justin Fields here. I, so because Thomas said that if Justin Fields turns out to be a superstar, then you got to come back to a whole new offense. Of course, which is right. He's right. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Josh right. Allen. That has nothing to do. You can have Josh a superstar Allen. season. Doesn't make you a superstar. Yes, exactly. So like I'm saying, regardless, great right, regardless, regardless of the coaches there, that's not going to determine whether Justin Fields is good or not. But the coaches there may ha- give him a better season than he could have with a different coach. And losing that coach when you have a successful year is definitely a step back. Regardless, there's no saying. There's that's just a fact. No, yeah, I'm not saying that. Like the, I don't think the numbers are going to change dr- drastically as you guys think they're going to, though. 
I'm not. I'm like, gonna, I don't think Josh don't Allen think is going to throw 24 change. touchdowns this year. No, just Josh because Allen's he lost Brian. Throw 40. Exactly, and he lost yeah. his best. He lost a valuable asset in Brian Dabble. Correct. Well, this is this is what like uh, we're getting really sidetracked here, but this is the thing. If Justin Fields becomes a superstar, then yeah, then you don't have to worry about your coaching situation. But let's not act like that's the only step that can be made here. What if Justin Fields just has a progressing season and maybe needs that one more step to get to where you can feel comfortable with moving forward as this with this man and think he's going to be able to take another step after this step? Getting rid of your coach, how how can you feel more confident about taking that step? Like I'm like that's well, that's just, the thing is that I would have if if Justin Fields keeps growing with. If Getsy, we're talking about Fields Getsy's as a superstar. Not go the quarter. The if we're talking about Fields as a superstar, coach doesn't matter. But if we're talking about getting stacking better seasons on better seasons, that's where it comes. Well, that, Getsy's not going to go anywhere if Fields isn't a superstar. That's the only reason Brian Dable has an offer is because look at what he's done with Josh Allen. Getsy's not going to get a head coaching job. Well, because, I don't think it's the only reason because he he's he's got a good reputation around. Right, the, yeah, I don't. He worked on. I mean, obviously, it's not the only reason. But if Josh Allen isn't what he is right now, he turns out to be a bust. Brian Devil doesn't have a head coach job. He doesn't. We all know that. That's a fact. If Josh Allen isn't who he is in today's game, Brian Dable is not a head coach in today's football, in today's league. We know that is an absolute fact. That if Josh Allen is not who he is, like so, that's what I'm saying. For Getsy to leave the Chicago you know, Bears, I don't even know. Justin Fields would have to turn into a superstar player. And from there, at that point, who gives a fuck who the offensive coordinator well, is? Yeah, you'll see declines in and out, yes. But if he no, gets into the I point of superstardom, I totally disagree. that's all that matters. I, you're talking about a difference. You're talking about a, a specific situation to try to compare to this, which they're all totally different. They're all totally different. But I can give you a specific situation that fits my narrative then. Because that's why we can't evaluate. We can't bring in other situations to help. Because I can do it too. The thing is, what about the LA Rams? Jared Goff, they've got offensive coordinators hired from there. Was Jared Goff a superstar? No. So literally, it's there's many different instances of something similar to what we're talking about, Hannah being about the league. But, I mean, to argue the fact that Justin Fields – wouldn't be hurt by his offensive coordinator leaving in year two is just why, why like there's nothing more to talk about it. That's just a fact. No, Jared Goff's not a superstar, but the Rams like, have been the two chances Super Bowls. are Rams have the been chances to two Super Bowls. Jared Goff leaving was a after, Yeah, but would do you want Justin Fields to turn out as Jared Goff? No. No, so, obviously all right, not. Well then there's there's the answer. But Sean McVay's a good coach. That was just a really bad player. Sean McVay. But we're talking about coach. the we're talking about the offensive coordinator. Just like I'm saying, it's just we're just in a pissing match right now. But no, I know we're in a pissing match, but I think the argument of if Justin Fields becomes a superstar, then he's got to learn a whole new offense is invalid because he got him to the point of superstardom. No, I don't think he didn't say that if Justin Fields becomes a superstar, he said, if Luke Getzey leaves. Yeah. He said, if Luke Getzey leaves, no, he did say if Fields turns no. out and Luke Getzey leaves, he said that. He well, did. well, well, I mean, I was just thinking about if Getsy left. You know, Getsy can leave without no. field. Yeah, I mean, my main argument stop. is when it comes to your quarterback, you want you want to see continued progression you and you want stability. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of coaches leave and just go just because the fields looks good. They're like, I want him to do that to my young quarterback. So, I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure they would go with Janoko in-house. 
like is what they would probably do. They wouldn't bring in a whole new system, but it's possible. It's just with the defensive minded coach. That was my main argument was when you have an offensive minded coach, you just have that stability where it's the same system works. You don't have to worry about it, but if they leave. Right. Then it's, it's just a new system every year. And for a young quarterback who already has enough pressure at it as it is, the sex, the sex, the sex, the success of that franchise is literally on Justin Fields' shoulders. If he doesn't work out, that franchise gets set back three years. Like there's just so much pressure on him as it is. So I think, uh, yeah. Okay. All right, I think that's a good moving on point right there. All right, Mike Jasicki and the Dolphins are talking trades. Uh, who's the most ideal spot for Jasicki to end up? B Money, we'll start with you on this one. You know, I was I was thinking a lot about this, and there's just I don't really care about Jasicki. You know, he was a little relevant in Miami, but um, there's really a lot of a lot of places uh, personally. You know, maybe my answer, what makes sense right now? What We don't know anything. I know one franchise I think that I think makes I think perfect sense. The best landing spot, I would think, is the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, Russell Wilson seems to um, connect with his tight ends. And um, I know they've been having some uh, – they drafted a guy in the third round. I forget what his last name is, but um, he's been dealing with some injuries. Is that that Okawana Bangum? No, that's, no, no, no. Albert it's Greg o. Dulcich from UCLA. Right, oh, okay. yeah, Greg Dulcich. Okay. Yeah, he's uh he's been dealing with some injuries, I know. And um, Albert O, I guess maybe hasn't been the guy that they've expected him to be or wanted him to be with Russell Wilson. So um, just with losing a big red zone presence guy like Tim Patrick, I mean, I know he's a receiver, but. Um, you know, Jacecki's a receiving tight end. So I feel like he could, if he were to go there, he could uh, bring a uh, another solid red zone presence next to uh, Cortland Sutton to help him out. But who knows? I mean, I honestly, I don't think Jacecki's going to move the needle for, um, you know, he probably would move the needle for the Broncos the most. But anywhere outside of that, if you're not going to a great quarterback, I don't think he's going to change teams too much i'm gonna give you guys mine now and then i'm gonna to toss it to thomas i think that the green bay packers are a perfect spot for mike jacecki you know like saying that obviously don't want him to get, go there <laughs> i think the green bay packers are a perfect spot mike jacecki ran only 92 he ran 92 percent of his routes from the slot or out wide that means eight percent he was lined up at the official tight end position and running routes from the tight end position alan lazard and gabriel davis had more blocking snaps than him last season He's going to want to go to a contender and he's going to want to get paid like a wide receiver. That's the thing. Whoever he goes to is going to have to fork over some money to pay him like a wide receiver, not fully wide receiver money, but they're going to have to pay him more than what tight ends are getting average. Cause that's what he wants. That's the whole issue with Miami right now. They said, you're running me 92% of my routes at wide receiver. I want you to pay me like one. So I think green Bay is a perfect spot for him. He needs to go to a contender. Um, you see Rodgers, you know, obviously it's all smoke in the water right now. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal come season time, but he's beefing with the young dudes. The old guys beefing with the young guys saying, I need to figure shit out. Get a little bit of veteran experience in there at the tight end position. I know it's been inconsistent uh, for the last few seasons other than Robert Tanyan, who was hurt last year. Um, Josiah DeGura hasn't worked out. 
what was that other that Jake dude, Brett? What's the other the other what was it? Jesus Shuttlesworth? What was his you're name? Talking, you're talking about no. Kumaro, wide receiver. No, 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 no. There was another That's white Jake. tight end that you guys tied that I'm thinking of Sternberger. Sternberger, Jacob Sternberger. Oh, Jay, Jesus Jay Sternberger. Sternberger. Yeah. Jay Sternberger. There it is. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Um, yeah, it's been a little inconsistent, especially with like Jimmy Graham, those three, you know, Robert Tanyan was a little bit of a bright spot there for a little bit Tore his ACL last year, I think, or his Achilles big time injury. I think just a perfect spot there. That's just me. I don't want to see him end up in green Bay, but I think if we're, you know, unbiasedly talking, I think green Bay is perfect for Jusicki. Yeah. You know, um, I had Mike Jusicki as a really good spot for green Bay. Cause I think Rogers, he needs some reliable targets. I mean, he really only has Alan Lazard as of now. I mean, who knows what you're getting from Christian Watson. He's been a little banged up. Romeo Dubs seems to be doing very well so far in camp. Then you got a mixture of Cobb and Watkins who are a little older. And the Green Bay's never really had a stable tight end group since what, like Jimmy Graham. And even that was a little up there, but um, no, the team I think makes a lot of sense. And, um, and I think they got some flexibility to do so would be uh, the new Orleans saints. I, I think bringing in Mike Jacecki over there because you can't really have Taysom Hill and Adam Trotman as your one and two tight end spots. Like it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And you have Michael Thomas, you have Jarvis Landry, you have Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara. I mean, that's an offense that could compete with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when you bring a Mike Jacecki Mike in there. So, and I feel like they, they got some capital to be able to, bring him in and I think for Jameis Winston to be successful you really just got to surround him with a lot of weapons similar to when he was in Tampa Bay with Mike Evans Chris Godwin you know he made those guys very good towards the end back in the day when there was a lot of upside was OJ Howard so I just think the more weapons the merrier when you have a quarterback such as Jameis Winston who's going to throw the ball 500 times a year probably and maybe another sleeper team would be the Los Angeles Chargers I know they showed some interest in him in the offseason if he was going to hit the open market to get um, Herbert just some more weapons. Um, but, but I mean, NFC team comes to mind. If Miami's moving him, it's probably not to an AFC team, especially a contender. So I would – if I had to pick an NFC team, it's probably the Saints or Packers. Yeah, I think I think the Saints – are they going to go make a move, though? Do they – I mean – you got to think the asking price is not going to be high. It's probably about a oh, third, I mean, fourth round pick. Oh, really? You think? I mean, I could see him drawing in maybe a late, a, a, a yeah, he's like a contender. I can't well, see because it's an expiring deal, and he's on yeah, a yeah, he's on a tag. Yeah. yeah. So, so why would I this? pay a exactly. second if I could wait a year from now and get him in the off season and secure him on a long term deal? Where in he's twenty seven. He's it's not like he's twenty five. Like. It's not old, but it's like why the I tight mean, end class in 23. There's two the first round tight ends projected to go in the first round. Two. I'd, so, I'd say he's definitely in his prime. Yeah. But like you said, the thing with the deal, um, it's basically a one year rental. And the only reason he would ever stay for more than one year is if that's where he wanted to go in the first place at the free agency. And who's going to give him the wide um, receiver money? I think I think all of the things we said make sense, but really he can go anywhere. I mean, I'm just looking at a list of all the teams right now again, and I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if the Buccaneers traded for him, you know? Like, they they never seem to – Go away. Rams. Same out, thing with yeah, the Rams. get out of the mix. Right. Rams don't so, use tight ends enough. 
I think I mean, they're fine. He's not a tight end. He ran ninety-two percent of his routes from slaughter. Fine. Here, will how about this? What about some crazy sewer team that could come out of nowhere? What about the Chicago Bears? They don't have a, they don't have any weapons anyway. And why well, not run personnel? Fun. What about Komet and Jacecki together? Two tight end sets. I mean, you're running a aren't you run, well, you're running a very similar offense to the Kubiak offense and Shanahan offense. Twelve man sets are fun. Yeah, I won't complain. I mean, about it's it. not you don't have the receivers, so why, why, why if not? We, if we if we did trade for Jacecki, I wouldn't be bitching by any means. I would I would enjoy. I it. think it makes sense. Uh. Yeah, I mean, a one-year rental, though. I mean, do you think Brian Poles, who said, like, we're going to build through the draft, is going to give up a third or a fourth-round pick for Jacecki on a one-year deal? I think if they could re-sign him to, an, to a reasonable contract, I think they would, knowing how much he's going to want wide have. receiver money, though. And he's I'd not getting give it $20 million a year. I will be shocked if he gets even close to $20 million a year. He's I mean, looking at probably him. fifteen. He's not getting wide receiver money, man. No. He, he's he's going to get about fifteen a year. Well, yeah, Maybe so less. does everybody. Everybody wants wide receiver money. He's not even the best receiving tight end in the league. He's not oh, He's not even top five. No. I agree with you. I agree. I mean, yeah, I we agree. could talk about what Jacecki wants, but who the hell cares what this guy wants, dude? I already don't give – I'm tired of Jacecki, dude. Who cares about Jacecki, dude? <laughs> All right. Let's get into a little overrated, underrated – uh, we'll start with the overrated. Thomas, we'll kick it off with you. Overrated teams in the NFL going into the 2022 NFL season. Mm, I mean, I think there's a lot. I mean, I would say the, the, the number one team that probably comes to mind is the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they are extremely overrated for a team that's probably going to finish in last place in their own division. And everyone just thinks that, you know, oh, we, we brought in Devontae Adams. You know, we're now going to be better than the Chiefs, the Broncos, who just got Russell Wilson with the top 10 defense. And now we're going to be better than the Chargers. No, you're not. Uh, Derek Carr has won literally nothing his entire career. Um, He's had Amari Cooper in the past. He's had Michael Crabtree. You know, there's been weapons there. They've had solid head coaching. And do we don't know what we're getting out of Josh McDaniels. He was a failure and a a failure of a player evaluator in Denver. I mean, he wanted a – he literally was – he was behind the first-round pick of Tim Tebow. Like, so his player valuation should probably be in questioned a little bit. Maybe he's learned over the years, but it's like your the Raiders defense is still a mess. I know you brought in Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, yeah. You know, you, you brought names. They're older, but they're names. But, like, are the Raiders going to be a top 10 defense? Probably not. But, I Better mean. chance of being bottom 10. Yeah, I mean, it's just when you just kind of compare apples to apples with everyone in that division, it's like. The Raiders could probably win nine games and but finish last. You know, it's just I have a hard time just seeing them because everyone is just hyping them so much. Like Carr and Adams are going to be a great connection. Then you have Hunter Renfro, who's their third receiver. Like obviously, you could say Darren Waller is like a weapon. He, he's going to be a weapon, but like who's actually their number three receiver in their depth chart? Keelan Cole. What if Adams goes down with a hamstring? What if Renfro gets hurt? Josh Jacobs has been a bust of a first round pick. Your offensive line. On that. Your offensive line is a complete mess. There's they're talking about cutting their first round pick, Alex Leatherwood. You there's no one on that offensive line. It's like so I don't see how this team has Super Bowl aspirations or making a deep playoff run just because you added Devontae Adams to the team. That's I just I have a hard time wrapping my head around it because you've never had someone of 
Devontae Adams caliber, but it's like Amari Cooper wasn't bad. He was pretty good. Michael Crabtree was pretty good. There's been a lot of weapons over Antonio Brown. He didn't play much. I think did he even play? Did he play like one game? Not but it's bad. like we saw how that turned out. So I mean, the Raiders, the the kind of just cursed where it's just something's bound to go wrong with them. Honestly, I give the Raiders props. Mike Mayock has been an awful GM at drafting, and somehow they've made the playoffs last year. Um, and everything that they went through, Mayock was so bad at drafting. Every first round pick has pretty much been a bust. I couldn't tell you one that's worked out right now off the top of my head. Two, um, their head coach got fired in the middle of the season after a loss to the Bears. That's hard to bounce back from, still made the playoffs. And I honestly, Thomas, I don't think I've heard anyone talk about Super Bowl. Maybe I haven't been seeing it. I'm not saying you're wrong. But I feel like I haven't been seeing the Raiders still talk about it. I've seen them as, like, division favorites. That's crazy. I don't see yeah, that at all. Yeah, we're talking about them on all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think them and the Broncos are going to be battling for the bottom of the division. Honestly, I think that's what's happening. Uh, Brett, you're overrated team in the NFL right now. Most overrated team in the NFL. And you know what? This, this, I just feel like they're overrated because they are one of the biggest teams and they get a lot of publicity. But when you look at, and I'm going to give you guys the things here, it's the Dallas Cowboys, most overrated team in the NFL. It makes always is. And if you look at what they did last year, the Dallas Cowboys played awesome defensively um looking back that's probably a huge part of the reason why they won as many games as they won um they had the leading uh what interception do you, what guy. you want to call it? the interception guy on their team trevon diggs let's be honest with how he with how he plays the game it's he he probably is due for another good amount of interceptions but i just don't just, see him having it's a not sustainable career. It's not. It's an outlier year. Um, that In that department, they're going downhill. Micah Parsons, I do expect him to, um, you know, get better, which is good for them. But with that being such, I mean, you know, I just can't – defense, I can't count on them to do what they did last year. And offensively, you lose Amari Cooper um, – that's just huge. He was their number one receiver, huge in the target share. Yeah, you can talk to me about C.D. Lamb, but I'm I'm almost positive the guy's already dealing with some kind of issues, some kind of foot issues, knee issues, something minor. He's really their only guy. So maybe it's just I live around a lot of Cowboy fans and a lot of people like him. You live media, with Cowboy but, fans, my guy. Right, right. So maybe I'm just around too many, but – it's year after year we hear the Super Bowl aspirations and I I do love you know Micah Parsons defensive rookie of the year last year but that doesn't give me a reason for them to win the division um so I don't know I think they gotta pump the brakes because I don't even have them winning the division and they'd be lucky to win what did they win nine games last year they'd be lucky they won to win 10, 10 or 11 10. I don't know they did that no nah. I don't think they won their division and Eagles or no Eagles were a wild card. The da- the Cowboys won their division last year. Yeah. Cowboys won their division at 12 and five. Dude, I must be thinking about a different year or something, bro, because huh. the Dallas Cowboys, 
They're the most overrated team. I'm telling you, bro. No, but I get what you're saying. It's every year Cowboys. 12 and 5, they finished. Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. Cowboys are going to the 12 and 5. And then they lost in the first round of the 49ers. That's that's just what it is. So you got the Cowboys. But, I mean, hopefully hopefully your mom's not listening to this pod, bro. She's been getting on your ass. It's the truth, man. It's the truth. All right. Listen, I know these are comparable to your guys' teams, you know. Raiders, middle of the pack, should be good, could not be good, mediocre. Very comparable, Thomas's Vikings. Cowboys, you know, supposed to be goddamn good every year, go to the Super Bowl every year. Packers, a little bit better, not same aspirations. But they are supposed to go to the Super Bowl every year. Aaron Rodgers don't go to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to do one that's comparable to my team, and I'm going with the New York Jets. People are talking seven to eight to nine wins with this team because they had a great draft. I haven't seen a single single motherfucker play a goddamn game this year yet. And Zach Wilson hasn't shown me any sorts of improvement. I know that they got, you know, weapons gathered around them. But to say that they're going to be an eight to nine win team, which I've seen on Twitter, I think is asinine. I think that is an overrated statement. They have not proved that these weapons are going to work out for them yet. I'm not saying they won't. I like their offseason. I like their draft. I do think they improved for sure but to say eight to nine wins when you have when your quarterback's still a question mark unproven completely and your wide receiver room you know I like Garrett Wilson I like the pick who knows I'm hearing that Michael Carter starting at RB1 this year right now that's what the rumors are saying Michael Carter's RB1 over Brees Hall you know how I am about you guys know how I am about uh fucking running backs you know I think they're the most replaceable position in football so everyone in Dynasty taking Brees Hall 1.1. I'm like, mmm, mmm. So I think the Jets are a little overrated for right now. Um, that Like I said, I'm just going to compare it to my franchise a little bit more. People are hyping them up, talking 7-8-9 win team when most of the players that they're relying on haven't proved anything in the league yet. It's different if you've got proven two- to three-year young studs who have proven themselves to the league. Then you can overhype them, you know, to become that 8-9 win middle-of-the-pack team and grow and get better, but they still have to prove to me that they're not the a top four pick in the draft right now. I mean, they're saying that they're going to be middle of the pack, 15, 16 picking this year. I need to see something first. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think I it's like hard that. to evaluate the jets because Zach Wilson, since he's been in the NFL is he can't stay healthy. <laughs> That's really been his Achilles heel. Like it's too early. Like you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's like, he's only played, 10 games last year, I think. And then he got hurt on like his second drive in preseason. So, I mean, on paper is what a lot of people, I think the players are like, wow, this team looks really good on paper. I mean, Elijah Moore looks like he's going to have a breakout and be a really good player. Garrett Wilson was compared to Stefan Diggs. Um, Their offensive lines up and coming. I think fans who think they could get nine wins is a, that's, that's kind of being just a little biased. I, I mean, I think seven to eight wins is kind of ideally realistic. I don't see how they could win. I, I think they'll win more than five. Brees Hall is one of the most talented draft prospects at the running back position to come out since Jonathan Taylor, Adrian Peter. I mean, he's just – he fits all the measurables. Um, I'm not going to look too deep into him not being the starting running back because Naeem Hines was a starting running back at this time when Jonathan Taylor was a rookie. So, I mean, Brees Hall will show it when he gets on the field. But I think their defense is really what's going to be the turning point for the Jets this year, man. They just need to show – like, they got the talent, Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner. 
you got some talent, but I do think nine wins is I, – I could see that this does fall into the category of underrated or overrated. Well, I think it's ridiculous. I do. I personally think it's ridiculous. I see them maybe winning six to seven games at most, at most. That's how I view the Jets. I mean, they have to I'd prove love, something to me. I'd love or to hear somebody tell me about how the Jets are going to win nine games this year. I'd love <laughs> to hear it. I mean, if look at their division. division. I can't see it. And their division is just alone. If now if we're talking, if they're in the AFC South, now we have maybe a little bit of a different conversation, but there's still two teams in the AFC South that are better than the Jets. All three of the teams should be sweeping the Jets. In no, I, I think they're better than New England. I don't think New England's no going to be chance. I think they're a last-place team this year. Has Bill Belichick gone last place? With the Browns, he did. With the Browns, oh, he did. He, he, he had a losing record in five years. He still hasn't won a playoff game without Tom Brady. Um, so yep. we're not we're only not coached for the Super Bowl teams for the Giants and the Patriots. That's literally it for the Bill Belichick legacy. Like that's that's the only thing about. Let's, let's hold on. We are not questioning Bill, Bell, Bill Belichick's legacy on the show. No, we're not doing it on the show. Bro, we are not. We never will. Brady never built will. that dynasty. I won't say otherwise. The defense, I, I'm with you on Brady being the greatest of all time. The defense Just win without him. That's all I have. He took the team to the playoffs in year two without him last season. The team was a playoff team last year. And they got smoked. By the best team in and the And now football. they're going to regress even more. I give Josh I McDaniels so. more credit last year than I do Bill Belichick. No chance. No chance. No Belichick's chance. the head coach and the GM, man. Yeah, he's he's, he's, a, he's an awful GM. He is, and now, but now with Brady gone, he, you can't hide drafting. his bad draft. You can't hide Matt his Jones, bad draft. Matt Jones anymore. looks to be the best quarterback in the last draft class. It was I a bad draft class. <laughs> I mean, I think Lance will be the best. But. I mean, bro, Mac Jones did amazing last year. What do you mean? And I yeah, and I credit that to Josh McDaniels, who's not there anymore. Who's calling? Him? Isn't but you don't you don't Patricia you don't, calling plays? But no, I was just talking about no, yeah. I was talking about I, you were talking about how bad their draft was, and I said, well, what about drafting Mac Jones, the last quarterback taken in the first round, which was the best one? And oh, absolutely, like, Mac should have been number three. I thought Mac would Mac should have been a top five pick. I love yeah, Mac, I love Mac Jones way more than I love Justin Fields as a passer. Well, let's let's give a little that's who I think to Belichick for holding on to his nuts and staying put and not moving and getting probably who who. We would like to think he probably thought he was the best quarterback in the whole draft. Otherwise, Ooh. you know, we can never tell what Bill Belichick's thinking, but, you know, who knows how he felt about the QB class. He gets Mac Jones, looks to be the best one. So let's give a little credit to Bill B for that. Okay. Um, yeah, not questioning Bill Belichick's legacy anymore. Underrated teams. Thomas, we started with you last, Brett. Let's go to you. Underrated NFL teams this year. Teams under the wire. Um, yeah, I mean, this I, I think it's, it's got to be whoa, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, no, you got it. Go ahead, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it's got to be the Detroit Lions. I mean, I think what they've done over the last two years, I think they're building. See, like, the, I, what I'm really liking what the Lions are doing because I think they're doing what what most teams should do with a young quarterback is Somebody's you should build, the team, hard build the team first, then find the quarterback. Don't build the team around the quarterback because it, it, it rarely works. 
And I just feel like I don't think Dan Campbell is more so the head coach of the future for them, but I think he's what they're going to need before they get that next great head coach. I think he's – him and Brad Holmes, the GM, drafted very well. Aiden Hutchinson's going to be great. Amonra St. Brown in the fourth round last year, going to be great. Malcolm Rodriguez is a guy who's really turned heads at linebacker for them. Jameson Williams. So I just think this team lost so many close games last year. Like, I will be absolutely shocked if they finish last in the NFC North this year. Like, there's no reason to even have that conversation for them to finish last. I really don't. Because I feel like they're just too talented. And Jared Goff is not as bad as people think. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback for them. I think he's in that Jimmy Garoppolo where he's just a bridge quarterback the rest of his career territory. But, I mean, when you got a Monroe St. Brown, Jameson Williams, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, a, a very damn good offensive line, and now you're starting to rebuild that defense a little bit. They're going to be a team that I think gets about seven to eight wins when everyone might expect them to get like four still. Like they're going to be drafting outside the top 10. And I just think they're too talented offensively to be as bad. Like they just really need to fix this, the, the, the management of games, honestly. They've lost so many heartbreakers and they won so many times too. I mean, Justin Tucker hit a, 66 yard or whatever to beat them uh so like they lost so many games i think this team is too good to not win at least eight like they should be able to at least go 500 because i still they think should. they're a year away i they think they swept are the vikings year. last year they should have you know they really should have i remember that first five. i remember that very first game though they took the they took the lead with like 31 seconds left right yeah yeah i remember being at in the Las Vegas stadium and the bears and Raiders hadn't kicked off yet. And they put that game up on the screen and we're all going fucking crazy lions beating the fucking Vikings. I was like, Oh my God, it's going to happen. And then I remember going crazy when they had the game winning touchdown. I mean, it was just like the lions were an underrated team last year. And I said a few months ago, I won't, I will not be as shocked as everyone else in the world will be absolutely stunned if the lions win nine to 10 games this year. That was, I, that was a week. That was a week after Minnesota beat green Bay too. I, I think when the Lions beat Minnesota and Minnesota was riding this high dude and JB was all planning how Minnesota's about to take the division. And then they lose the Lions. And that was that was a good time. That was a good time. That was I do that as long as it was a fun time when JB comes up with the strategic plan and how the Vikings are gonna overcome it oh, and then they he, just he drop had it. one. He had it planned three weeks out, dude. He had it planned three weeks out. Dude that might have been Cooper Rush. Cowboys win on Monday or Sunday night, though. That might have, I don't know what I remember the the Vikings beating the Packers and then them losing bad the following week. I think that I think it was Dallas. I think it was Dallas. Dallas, Dallas. And then after Dallas, I think they lost. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was juicy to watch. I remember sitting right on my living room couch when Cooper Rush takes the win over the Vikings and JB just sunk into that chair of his. Oh, it was beautiful. Dude, Mike Zimmer was really bad, man. That oh, defense was horrible. Oh, it was so fun to watch. Brett, who's your underrated football team this year? Underrated football team. This kind of goes a little hand-in-hand hand with my overrated one, and I did mention them, but the Philadelphia Eagles – I think they're the most underrated um, partially because sometimes when Jalen Hurts is brought up, um, it's 
people are questioning his job, you know, like, oh, this is this is like a prove it year, you know, for him. You know, he might not have a job when in reality, how I'm viewing the Eagles right now is I think that they can make a serious push uh, for the Super Bowl. You know, if, if things go right their way, if they stay healthy, if this offense is I, I mean, uh, uh, teams have a lot of plans, but if this offense is what we're hearing that it's it could be right now. Um, A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts, you got Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, who's a touchdown machine, and Boston Scott, Devonta Smith, a guy like Quez Watkins, who seems to be just a great role player. Dallas Goddard. This is just a team that has that's not going to have just one guy stand out and do all the work. They have all of it. And, um, you know, we question – a lot of people question Jalen Hurts' arm. In preseason, he's looked nothing but fantastic. And this is all without their best playmaker, A.J. Brown, on the field. So with his rushing ability, and I'm really excited about the Eagles this year. Not to mention who they drafted in the first round, who looks to be the biggest beast in my most recent – since I can remember, probably the most polarizing prospect, like size and speed, is – What's that dude's name? Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. I don't know how he was Jordan in the top Davis. 10 Jordan pick. Davis, yeah. I don't know dude's how he crazy. was in the top 10 pick. I've been and he's going to be on the seeing... line. Be... Have on, you been sorry. seeing the videos of him? Like, yeah, he's nuts, bro. Stuff? He's a psychopath. He's going to be Ridiculous. learning from Fletcher Cox, too. One of the best in our generation to play defensive Darius tackle. Slay. Darius Slay. Great like, point. Jordan Davis. Yo, I don't know how he slipped, man. I don't, what I about the Kobe Dean slipped to the third? He should have been a first-round pick. They're gonna be. He was talks. I I I had I him on the him. mock in the first round. What is is he with the Eagles too? Yeah, they got him in third round. They got both Georgia boys. Yeah, because I know they had. Um, if I'm not wrong, I believe their linebackers. You know, they struggled big Rough. there. So their defensive line was really good last year, and their secondary. And their and their offensive. They're the Eagles, man. We just went over it all. I think they're the most underrated team. And I think I think they've got the division. And obviously, once you once you uh, get into the playoffs, yeah, I mean, anything can happen. They should be division favorites. I mean, I think when you just compare all the teams on paper, I don't see why anyone should be doubting them. I think they should be the consensus favorite. Dallas got worse. I mean, when you give away Amari Cooper for free, like, and you do, and you don't address the position, like, uh, just overall, I mean, Dallas is kind of all over the place where Philly, they look like the most stable team, stable organization in the entire um, division. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like what I saw from Jalen Hurts on his drive against the Jets. I watched his entire first drive that he was in. He looked great. He didn't target A.J. Brown when A.J. Brown was on the field, but he didn't target him. Quez Watkins was his guy on that first drive. But, I mean, it was very scripted, so it looked really well. So, I mean, if Jalen Hurts could actually learn how to, like, throw the – football more efficiently and become a more accurate passer and not use his legs maybe as much to save his body. Um, I feel like, yeah, they could be a Super Bowl contender. All right. I, I, I like it. I like it. I'm a little stunned by it, um, but I, I see the points. I see the points and I love the statements. I'm going to be honest with you. Usually, you know, I'm one of the guys who likes to you know disagree a little bit, but I like the statements and I've really looked at the Eagles like that this much this year. Um, and I don't think, 
Jalen Hurts' job is on the line. I, it's not really a prove-it year. I mean, Mr. Trubisky got plenty of time in the NFL uh, with the Chicago Bears, so I think Jalen Hurts has his time. I do want to see more out of his arm, though. His well, arm wasn't. I will tell 16 you, touchdowns. That's low for a starting quarterback. Why we yeah. can't why we can't compare this situation to Trubisky at all is because, I mean, yeah, they did just trade like, trade a first round pick for. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Think about it. If Jalen Hurts has a bad year, they don't they didn't put the draft investment in him. Like, what's it to them if they were to go get a first round quarterback? It's not like they they've done picks. it. You know, they haven't done it since Wentz. I think they've kind of figured out. You know, it's, if it's different when you, I feel like when you when you just go after a first-round quarterback, you almost need to let it play out a little bit more. But they don't have that draft investment. So, I mean, if Hurts, which I feel like he is going to be the guy just from what we've seen already, but I don't know. I think I, – I wouldn't be shocked if they, like, miss the playoffs and they're in, like, that 15 to 18 range with how deep this upcoming quarterback class is. If they want to package that with the Saints, like, what if the Saints have a bad year? And the Saints have a top 10 pick. Like, they could find their way to move up and acquire a C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, you know, one of those guys if they really want to. I think that's why they made that trade with New Orleans in the first place last year. They get those two first-round picks, and then they even got a future second that they could package as well, where I feel like they've given everything Jalen Hurts needs to succeed. If he's still kind of where he was a year ago, I think they're going to pull the plug because he was a second- or third-round pick. Um, And this coaching staff, didn't pick him Howie Roseman did but the coaching staff did not so they're doing everything they can and if he still is in that area where he's got a low QBR his pass his completion percentage is low he doesn't even throw for 20 touchdowns it's like okay we might have a Teddy Bridgewater situation here where he just can't expand the field you know we're very limited with him as a passer so that compared to everyone else around the league that's going to limit you as a team unfortunately and maybe they'll be in the sweepstakes for a quarterback who becomes available. Who knows? They were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. People forget that. True. Right. And True. who knows? Uh, who knows? At next year, man, who knows what it's going to be? They wanted up. Russell Wilson as well. Like, like it's not like they're fully committed to Hurts where it's like, no, he is our guy. Like, the only sign of commitment they've ever shown to him is shopping Carson Wentz out of town. And I think Carson Wentz is a hell of a better passer than Jalen Hurts is and never will be. All right, well, we do got to get a move on. It's almost – we're an hour and a half away from 7 o'clock, and I got to watch Jordan Love throw some picks tonight. Uh, hold on, though. I just got a tweet from Field Gates. A civil lawsuit filed Thursday in a state court accuses three San Diego State football players, including Matt Areza, the top puncher in the NFL, of gang raping a 17-year-old last year at an off-campus party. So that's a situation definitely to monitor, a very serious one. But let me get into my underrated NFL team. The only news that I feel like has been coming out about this team this offseason is, is if Lamar Jackson is going to get an extension or not. Nobody, I feel like, has been talking about the Ravens as one of the top teams in the AFC. And let me run it down for you. If you look at the schedule and you group it up, put it into three different groups. you got your easies, your middles, and your hards. Jets, Falcons, Giants, Jaguars, Panthers, Browns, once without Deshaun Watson. That should be six wins, undoubtedly, right there for the Ravens. Now you got the Steelers twice and the Saints. They should go two out of three against those. That's eight and one. I think they go two out of three against the Steelers twice and the Saints. And then for the remaining eight games, you have Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Bucks, Browns with Watson, Broncos, and Bengals 
twice. If they go three and five out of that eight game span, they're three and five. I mean, they're 11, they're 11 and six. This is an 11 and six football team. And if they split with those last four right there, that's a 12 and five football team. And that's one of the best teams in the AFC. I think they could split with the Bengals. I think they're probably going to split with the Browns, sweep the, uh, sweep the Steelers, maybe take the whole Steelers and the Saints with the groupings. I don't know. I think it's an 11-win team at least this year, potentially 12 at the lowest 10 wins. And I feel like they're being slept on. Everyone's still talking about the Bengals and their division. I guess the Browns they are not talking about nearly as much because Deshaun got that 11-game suspension. But you're hearing about the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos. No one's talking about the Ravens. This is a 12-win football team. Now, are they going to go to the postseason and do anything with it? Are they better than the Bills? Are they better than the Chiefs? Are they better than the Chargers? It's too tough to tell, but I think this is one of the top teams in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think I feel like it kind of just falls on the shoulders of Lamar Jackson. You know, there's not a lot of weapons there. There really isn't. I mean, you're expecting Rashad Bateman to become the next great wide receiver in this league. Like, they, you traded Marquise Brown away for a reason. You got Mark Andrews. I've heard great things from Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely, I've heard, is going to be their third option on offense. Like, like he'll be their second receiver. So, and I think J.K. Dobbins is one of the most talented running backs in the entire league, and they're going to run heavy with them. He scored nine touchdowns his rookie year and averaged six yards per carry while sharing a workload with Mark Ingram. So, they're, they're going to be a very talented offense, and they all in DeCosta, they draft so good defensively. I mean, the board just seems to fall perfectly for Baltimore. Tyler Lindenbaum falls to you. David Ajabo falls to you. Kyle Hamilton falls to you. That's just their one draft. Like, so they draft so well. They're one of the most stable franchises in all of sports, in my opinion. And I really just think, you know, they should be a division favorite. Like Steelers, no. Browns, no. Then it kind of just comes to the Bengals. And are the Bengals a one-year wonder? We don't know. That's why stability is literally what you think of when it comes to the Ravens. And they should win at least 10 games minimum. Minimum. And I feel like that's the expectation through the building right now. What do you think about yeah, the Ravens, Brett? I agree. Oh, yeah. Awesome. You guys said it all. Um, I, I really like um, Harbaugh and just the coaching staff, the history with the Ravens. And, you know, the, they're going to be a good team. They they were a good team without their best player last year, you know. So when the Lamar, former MVP, comes back, I expect them, yeah, to be probably right around uh, 9 to 12 wins, which is where you guys have them. All right, love to hear it. Let's get into the quarterbacks. Overrated, underrated. B-Money, we'll start with you on the overrated. Let me hear it. Overrated quarterbacks. This is tough for me because I don't know. I feel like – I don't know. It's tough to say. But, you know, Bear fans might not like this, but I'm, I'm just going to say Justin Fields. Like, just right now, the, a, lot of, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the young rookies from last class, um, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, maybe even you could say Trevor Lawrence. And this – overrated underrated this this kind of it's it's a tough question because it's like well it's all based on like you know everyone has numbers on how they're gonna do so 
I don't know. I'm I'm really losing where I'm going here with this. I mean, I kind of see where you're going because a lot of Bears fans, especially on Twitter, are very high on him. Like, just because because I'm saying he's overrated, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, he's – I feel like from what other people think of what he's going to be, I feel like for this season, overrated, you know, Zach Wilson overrated. And I think it's because these guys, they're young and people want it to work out, but it's just going to be a lot slower process than we think. So Zach Wilson fantasy purposes too. I mean, he runs like the, I just don't like the young, the young rookie quarterbacks this year. Um, other than that, I, I don't know. I mean, who who do you think is an overrated quarterback for right now? Well, I mean, because I feel like I'm not saying that overrated quarterbacks can't be good. No, like, no, but that doesn't that, mean that they're overrated the to me. You know, it's an opinion. So no, I feel like I just think Fields and Fields and Wilson are overrated because what people are expecting them to do too much is just not good for their situation or for where they're at. Not saying that they're bad players, but that's why I think they're overrated. So, I mean, Bear, Bear fans, yes, and Jets fans for their own quarterback. That's just what you're going to be with every franchise. But I will say, I don't, I don't think the expect, expectations outside of, you know, Chicago Bears for Justin. Well, that's the thing. Are you got anything. some, you got some people that think the Bears are a playoff team, and some that think that they're going to finish last in the division. So, who outside of Chicago thinks they're a playoff team? I mean, this team will be lucky to get in Chicago. There's plenty. There's, who in, there's who plenty. In, People outside There's of Chicago plenty. are saying that the Bears are a full playoff team. I, I don't know well, one. Who do is. you know where I am? Oh, you're listening where to the are? weed smokers. You're listening to the doobies on the well, street. Smoking I mean, the pool doobies. I, I, I'm in Chicago, so. No, no more. No, no the Bears more have a better fire. chance at no more beach fires, six wins in a playoff team, like. I don't see how they don't have a top three pick. So, I mean, the fact that people even think they're, they're in the playoffs, like that. Oh, I mean, I think top. I, I, could, I, I will not be shocked if they're not the top three. I think they're a top ten lock. I think they're probably a top seven lock. The top three, I don't know. I mean, Overrated them, them, Houston, and Seattle is the bottom three teams in the league. They're not better than the, – the Falcons are not better than the Chicago Bears. No, no. It, it doesn't have to be that order. No, I'm just saying, like, I just think Seattle, Houston – and Chicago, Houston, and, and Seattle, like those are going to be the top three picks. And Atlanta, Atlanta, I don't know. I like Arthur Smith. I, I like Marcus Mariota. It's possible. I, I would say uh, out of that group, Hugh, yeah, I'll take. I think Houston could finish better than Chicago. I'll take. I'll say that. I, I, I don't. I'll move Atlanta there, but Atlanta's looked really good this preseason. Their offense with Kyle Pitts, London, like they they got some talent to win some games. I don't see Atlanta. I don't see Houston. I don't see New York either. New York's really being good. I'm not saying that the Bears are. I mean, I'm just talking about teams that I think are going to be in the top seven. And I guess the Bears could maybe. It's just which order is it? Uh, All right. Uh, My overrated quarterback I'm going to go, I think, is, you know, just Mac Jones. He was placed ahead of Kirk Cousins in the players' rankings. He has a very solid rookie. I think he's going to be good. How much of an impact is Josh McDaniels going to have? Is he going to have a better year than Kirk Cousins? Like, you know, people are saying that he's supposed to. I don't think so. People are saying he's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I don't think so. You want to talk long-term investment? Sure, bring on Mac Jones. Don't get me wrong there. But to say he's better than Kirk Cousins, I say you're wrong. Kirk Cousins is, as of right now, in my opinion, a much better quarterback than Mac Jones. 
And, uh, you know, I think the loss of Josh McDaniels is going to be, you know, pretty decent for him just because he's young and he hasn't gotten that full progression yet. Um, I see his numbers, you know, probably around the same as last year. I just don't see much progression out of Mac Jones. And that's who my overrated quarterback is. You yeah. don't see much progression in Mac Jones this year? No, I don't. I, wow. I don't. I don't like see a lot. It's going to be hard. I would, because I'd love to bet you on that because there's no way that Vegas will give you that touchdown over under. There's no way. I would love to. I would love to bet you that Mac Jones throws over 30 touchdowns this year. I'd love. What to. we putting on it? Well, first slide bet of this we'll season. Talk, we'll talk after. But oh, 30 touchdowns. Sign me up. Sign me up. I'll be shocked if if he hits 30. I just think they're going to oh, run the ball so heavy. It's nothing against Matt. Did. It's just they, I, they, I think that's just Bill Belichick's. They philosophy. ran the ball. They ran the ball heavy last year. Mm, he threw yeah, 25? 22. 22. They ran the ball heavy last year, and there were about a, there were maybe three games where Mac Jones, like one of them, he threw the ball one time. Yeah, against Buffalo. Other one, there was a that's yeah, there was just a couple rookie games, you know. So. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I just I don't know if he has thrown twenty-two touchdowns in a year where they threw that or where they ran the ball that much. And we're, I mean, if you're hearing what I'm hearing, Mac Jones is looking like amazing in his year one to year two jump. When you're, yeah, just that's that's the that's the I feel like that's the biggest make or break jump, you know, and like a guy like Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts. And, you know, all those guys that we're going to see this year. So, for a guy to already have done a really good – have a real, that really good rookie year, play the full year, and then only get better things surrounding him, oh, I think he's going to do 30 easy, dude. Or maybe not what, easy, but, like, he's going to be at 30, like 31, 32. What, what around him is better surrounding him, though? I mean, do you, unless you view Devontae Parker as an upgrade at the receiver position, I don't know. I he do. is, like but they Parker drafted Parker. they drafted Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, but he's out the Ramon. he's out for eight weeks, so it's like that, that's going to come into effect. Okay, well, well, I, they got Hunter Henry there. I do Johnny like Smith Henry. is Johnu Smith is his getting better in the offense. I said everyone thought last year that him and Hunter Henry were going to be good, but Johnu Smith was just not picking up the offense year two. I mean, McDaniels is gone, so I don't – but I'm just telling you, I'm he's seems to be picking it up. Not that he's going to be too big, but it's not like it got worse. You know, yeah. the situation definitely didn't well, get I'm worse. I'm not saying it got, it got worse, you know. Well, I mean, I think in a way, there's it did kind of get worse by default with McDaniels leaving. But, like, the, right, like, the actual playmakers around him got better. No, yeah. But then again, it's like with, with, with a certain situation like that, it's like McDaniels has been the OC for Belichick for so long. Now there's no real offensive coordinator listed. Like for there's this no situation, there's no offensive-minded guy with there. The greatest coach of all time being involved on calling the shots. Like I'm not gonna compare it to any other situation of a person losing their offensive coordinator because it's Bill Belichick. So mm-hmm. you're gonna tell me, oh, Bill Belichick lost his offensive coordinator. Now his team's in a worse situation. I'm not going to really buy that headline, whereas you want to sell it to me as any other team lost their offensive coordinator. Oh, no. I mean, it's That's definitely why I different. Feel different like, about it. It's yeah, definitely so, different. Like, it's, it's you know, he's, he's still got Bill Belichick. It's lesser. But I do think it has some sort of impact. I mean, as right, of right it, now, it, they're saying that Dan, 
Dan Patricia's probably calling the offense. Like, Matt that Patricia, scares the shit yeah, out right. Or Matt Patricia. Matt but, Patricia. That scares the shit out of me. Like, that scares see, the living shit. the shit out of Mac Jones, but too. If, if, if Bill Belichick made that decision, without a doubt, I wouldn't question it, personally. I wouldn't. And I would probably think, yeah, it's the best decision. I okay. mean, would you not? Do you think us? I, I can't be ejected here, because I question Bill Belichick all the time. So right, but you might. But then at a point, at a point, when does it come where you guys? I mean, I've like, seen his draft. I've seen his so many times, and then you see they're not good. Out. I don't know. I I mean, I, I I can't really you know question Bill Belichick until it starts getting like really bad around New England, which it hasn't been awfully that bad around New England. Um, overrated quarterback, Thomas, so we can get into underrated. we got to pick this thing up. Yeah, um, you know, I'm going Derek Carr. Like, I, I don't get it. Um, he's 57 and 70 his entire career. And for some odd reason, everyone just thinks this guy is so good and elite, and I don't get it. Like, I, I always see him, like, ranked ahead of Kirk Cousins, and I, I don't get it. Like, I think Kirk's miles better than Derek Carr as a quarterback. I really do. Cousins has a playoff win under his belt. Derek Carr does not. Um, Cousins has won. He's a 500 quarterback. Uh, Derek Carr's not even over 45%. He's won 44% of his games as a starter. He's had talent in the past. He's had Cooper. He's had Crabtree, Henry Ruggs, Waller. I mean, he's had so many opportunities, but it, he just can't win. And, and, I need to see it. I mean, when you he's been in the league since 2014, it's 2022. He doesn't have a playoff win. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater would have, would have had a playoff win if it wasn't for Blair Walsh. They were the same draft class. So it's just like, I don't get it because it's like he's making this money. He's getting extended. They're putting a lot of faith into him. Like, because I think Gruden wanted to move on from him. I heard potentially that that was being discussed. And the whole Brady thing came out that they, that they were talking about the whole Brady thing before Gruden apparently blew it up but he's stuck though he's stuck yeah he's stuck but it's just like i don't get it and i i know he's well respected around the league he's had comeback victories his whole career he's had to deal with a lot but i'm like so have a lot of people i mean kirk cousins just dealt with five offensive coordinators in like five years his head coach hated his guts didn't even want him and he still put up great numbers and he was always kind of there at the 500 level and yet Derek carr he just can't he can't win. He hasn't won. I mean, you're going, to, you're driving down against the Bengals in the playoffs last year in a wild card round. You're going for the game winning touchdown to go into the next round. And you throw an interception to lose the game to Logan Wilson. You throw a pick a game ceiling interception and you lose. So I don't get it because I just think he's so overrated that everyone thinks he's in that top 10, the 12 area. When in reality, I think he's top 15. I really do. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's elite. I think he's above average and he's, he's solid, but I don't think you've, you know, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has been more successful than him at the NFL level from a win standpoint, people care about wins. So yeah, I mean, Derek Carr, I just, I need to see it. And I'm like, if he doesn't do it with Adams, he's never going to do it. I feel like when we're talking Derek Carr and Kurt Cousins, it's like who's talk who's got the uglier sister? Like it's just like you know they're both kind of just middle of the pack guys. Well, people you know, think have like Cousins at like that fifteen and Carr's at ten, 
And I'm like, no, I, I, I think that they're both hey. probably oh, like 10 to 12 or 12 to 15. Like, I think they're both in that 12, 10 to 15 range. I don't see either of that. Like I said, I think it's who's got the uglier sister. Like, that's what we're comparing here. Where I, I don't think it's that much of a difference. If I mean, I'll probably Yo, give the, sli- the slight hand edge. Cousins' sure. numbers are much better. I want, like, I want you to. His weapons have been much, much better than I mean, Derek though. A lot yeah, better. A lot. Not even close. In a way, but There's I still think he's had enough to win. He's had four receivers better than his best receiver that he's had up until Devontae. Well, I do think that Cousins made Jefferson the, the receiver he is today. I think he made Diggs the receiver he is. I think he's made Adam – Adam Thielen was pretty solid before, but a lot of these weapons, they have been better because of Kirk, of Kirk Cousins. Amari Cooper has been good with or without Derek Carr. Well, he also went to Derek Prescott. He also went to another good well, Prescott was – I mean, that's, Prescott was a pretty solid rookie, but I think Cooper took him to that next level. Brett, what'd you have to say? Oh, I wanted to. I wanted to say, since we all have um, these three players, um, Zach Wilson or four, you know, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Derek Carr. I wanna. I wanna hear what you where, what you think your players rated at. Then, where, where do you see they're gonna finish? I want to hear that for this. Like in the top thirty-two, so, like where did so they hit? So give me, give me, give me those four guys' stat lines. Mac Jones, thirty-three hundred yards, twenty-three touchdowns, twelve interceptions. Underrated. All right, give me, give me Justin Fields. Oh, I'm... me? Yeah. Nineteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions, thirty-three to thirty-four hundred yards. Oh yeah, I think that's about uh, right. I think the interceptions might go up a little bit, but like it's like twelve or fifteen. Dude, that that all right. See what? So I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just in a little like I want to talk about this right now, but I know you want to go. So dude, that no, I feel tough. like that's, that's I feel like that's I feel like that sucks. For who? That's Teddy 19, Bridgewater like. 19 touchdowns, 11 picks. That's trash. Going to year like going from what he had last year into year two, I feel like it's an improvement. Yeah. I, I mean, think if he finished with those stats and you have a top pick, he'll be on the table. I mean, I feel like we've seen multiple quarterbacks go from like in year two progressions to have something like that. We just watched Jalen Hurts do that. Jalen Hurts had 16 uh-huh. touchdowns and what, like 10 picks this year? In year oh, two? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, but he I had think like, Jalen Hurts is very comparable to Justin Fields. I think they're very similar. He had a, he had a bunch of rushing touchdowns. So Justin Fields can't do that? Justin Fields can't do that? What? All right. Now with the weapons around him, he has a bottom five. You said, nine, you said 19 touchdowns. and yeah, 19 passing I touchdowns, mean, 11 interceptions. That's not – I mean, it's a – it's a, an improvement. How many rushing then? You're including that? You're including the I thought, Oh, no. I think you get – I think oh, that's yeah. passing. No, okay. That's All passing, right, 19. Yeah. Okay. Then rushing, I think he gets like six or seven with like 400 to 500 to 600 yards. Six or seven. Okay, so 26 touchdowns and yeah. maybe like 15 turnovers. Which is exactly what Jalen Hurts had like this year. Well, you gotta think. Her, uh, you gotta think. Fields is gonna at least have about ten fumbles. Ten fumbles. Well, they don't count until it's covered. I don't know. Um, I I just don't. 
If if he has that good of a year rushing the ball, seven rushing touchdowns and 500 yards, I think, yeah, that would be pretty good with 19 touchdowns and 11. But if, if that's what you're, if that's what you think Fields is going to do, I'd say. I don't think that's a good season compared on where he's been and like his I'd say that's properly rated. I'd say that's properly rated. But I feel like pe- people have him doing a lot more than that. I don't know who's saying that. They're crazy. That I think that you don't people think people. Saying, you don't. I don't. I feel like if he. If I he think throws, if they're saying that, they're 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 you know a little delusional. Slower. They're delusional. Okay. Like, I think that if they're All saying right. that, they're delusional. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure, I'm sure. So there's a lot of people saying it, Brett. I fully believe you, but I feel like the people that are saying that are delusional. I mean, he can have those numbers, and and they still won't have, and they'll still like have like five wins, and that's still like some type of progression, I guess. I mean, all people care about this year, I feel like for the Bears, is the progression of Justin Fields. That's it. I think he tops out at twenty-two passing touchdowns, minimizes at like sixteen. I think the interceptions will go up. I think he'll be about fourteen to fifteen, but it it really just depends because they're gonna be training a lot of games, so they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot. So that's the only reason I think it's gonna be high, not because of him as like a player. I just think they're. You're bound to throw those when you're throwing so much. Like you're gonna be down and have like a, we're gonna have like a two hour show. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to stay on this topic right now, Brett, or can we move on to our underrateds? Oh, okay. His his passing touchdowns is is 18 and a half on the Vegas line. So there's many people who think he's gonna throw 20. If it's if the over's 19, there's many people who think he's gonna throw over 20 touchdown passes. So Let's not act like I'm just pulling this out. Well, you said no. You said that you're saying you're talking way more than that. Well, that's twenty. Well, I'm just saying that there's there's people there's people that out there that think Fields is the truth and that he's gonna. Like that's every fan base I, whenever they get a new I quarterback. They thought right, I, and I'm tricked. telling you, and I'm telling you that I think that yeah, I agree with where you'll he where he'll be at, and I think that that's that's overrated. For him getting those numbers, that would be overrated of him for what people are expecting. Unless you, I feel like, unless do you think do you think people have the same attitude about Fields as you do? I think the smart ones do. The smart ones do. It's obviously I feel like like everyone has him being like an MVP around here, dude. That's that's insane. In the Chicago eyes, Fields is their savior. Like no, I think he can. Well, this is what I'm saying. He can't do nothing wrong. This is my aspect from it. I think he can be, yes. And I think and, – and I've never felt more confident about that he will be. Is it going to be this year? No. This is a fucking time progression thing. I really like Justin Fields. I love his talent. And I love that. I think, I think he has a really good chance to be the savior of the Chicago Bears. Do I think it's going to be this year? Hell fucking no. He's not working with much. He's coming off a very bad successful – or a very bad year last year. And – they didn't build much around him, but I think that it's just all a part of the fucking process. I think that this is a time, this is a five year, not a five year rebuild, but this is a 10 year plan. It, this, is, this is a 10 year plan for Ryan Pace. This isn't a let's go out there and win our plan. 10 years, there's so many GMs, I get 10 years. No, I'm talking like like he wants to keep sustainability, success, winning for I decades, I just I, I just wanted to the say pressure will come on if it's the fourth year and you're still there's not there's nothing there. I just don't want a freaking hot clip of me saying Justin Fields is overrated and then Justin Fields has like a, a year like you say he's gonna have like like that's 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 decent but let's not act like he's I don't I just don't be, think I'm he's not gonna, gonna pull off. 
All right, I'm just saying it. This I'm is your guy, so this is so my I, guy. I didn't, and I, I do didn't think, want you to crucify I, me over. Oh, oh, oh! I mean, if he's if he's pulling thirty out of his ass this year, hot clips oh, coming right out. I'm but then, <laughs> but then we're both wrong because because where from my understanding of what I'm hearing about Fields, you agree with me that he's overrated from that aspect. I don't think he's overrated. That's what I'm trying. No, to, I oh, outside of the Chicago media, he is. Not overrated by any means. People well, look at him the as the worst overrated, quarterback in the Overrated, game. underrated, what does that mean? Because I have him, I feel, properly rated. So uh, the only thing I'm going to, like, I'm going to say he's overrated because I'm what I'm hearing is 30, you know, this this season that's over the line. Not not a season that you predict. It depends predict. on who you're taking the information from. If you're taking it from the doopy smokers around the campfire, then you're, you can't take it. But if you're, so, you're hearing so, Dan Orlovsky go out there and say Justin Fields is going to go throw right. 35 touchdowns. So, then we're so from 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 where where I'm hearing, you think he's overrated as well? From the Doobie Smokers or on the streets of Chicago, Justin Fields is overrated. From Justin Fields being one of the top quarterbacks this year, I mean, he'd probably be what a top eight fantasy quarterback if he scored 30 plus touchdowns. I think he still could. I think he. I think he could have a bad year and still be a top eight to ten quarterback in fantasy. His legs. That that's his best asset. He has is his legs. True. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking top. Could not not fantasy then, because right, the rushing ability. But oh, Justin Fields with those numbers, Justin Fields is probably around the top ten to fifteen range with the thirty plus touch. A lot of people thirty touch. If a lot of people are Kirk Cousins throwing thirty touchdowns like the last like ten years or like the last like four years and. Like people don't even look at him as a top 10 quarterback. So like, no, I don't think 30 touchdowns. He's I think the top he's 10 Kirk. Range. I think Kirk's on the bubble though. I feel like oh, I think Kirk's on the bubble too. I think he's yeah. the 10 to 12. And here. he, he always throws like, like he always throws 31, 32 or whatever. seems like he rarely throws more than 10 interceptions in a year. I think he's done it. And maybe he, once. But he does it like the worst way though. He does it the no, worst way. Like, He'll like barely get into the playoffs or lose Lose a game right at the end. So that's why he's the bubble guy. No, exactly. He's the bubble guy. Uh, I'm agreeing with you there. All right. Let's but, get into our under. Okay. Hold on. What's up? Oh, no, no. That's all right. I'm, we'll talk about this field shit another time. We'll go into the underrated quarterback style. I'm going to start this one out. I'm going Jameis Winston. He's got healthy Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Alvin Kamara. Three solid wide receivers. Chris Olave still yet to prove Jarvis Landry's been in and out. You know, Michael Thomas might not be healthy. If all these Sounds guys like are healthy, back, if all of these guys are back and Alvin Kamara is healthy and not suspended, James Winston could easily throw 35 touchdown passes this year. My only thing is that I'm worried about is Sean Payton not being there. I, that does vary. That does scare me a lot. That does. But numbers-wise, I don't see how he can't be a top, you know, arguably maybe a top 10 quarterback in the league with these kind of weapons that he has right now. And, you know, they lost Tyron Armstead immediately impacted with Trevor Penning draft pick. Is he play out? Who knows? I like the pick, though. I like the Chris Olave pick. You got speed. You got route running. You got a great backfield uh, receiver. Like, I, I, I don't see how Jameis Winston can't succeed. It's not going to take an absolute genius offensive mind to have a good offense out there. And I think Jameis Winston uh, should be talked about as one of the top quarterbacks going into this year. Yeah, I totally agree. I love Jameis Winston. He's on. I want. I'm buying all Jameis Winston shares in any in any fantasy league. Like, I mean, he's going to be awesome. They have the weapons to succeed. And Michael Thomas is every year he's played, he's a top ten receiver. And it sounds like he's back. 
Like he's more dominant than ever. Olave was the most crisp and ready NFL. He was probably the best route runner in this past draft. I mean, he was, he's solid. Landry is a great slot option. Kamara, I mean, he's probably not going to be suspended till 23 from what it sounds like. So he'll have him for the whole year. And I mean, yeah, Sean Payton not being there hurts, but they got a top 10 defense. Like all of these variables that you're really putting together is this is setting up for Jameis Winston to have a monster season. The only way he probably won't is if he gets hurt. I mean, he's already banged up again. He's coming off an ACL tear. He banged, you know, he missed practice this best week with a foot injury. So, I mean, there's a lot of variables. I mean, but Winston should be good for 30 touchdowns minimum. I agree. You like Winston, Brett? Who's yeah. your underrated, Brett? I like I like um, Winston. I think he's in a good spot. Underrated? Um, you know, this is just a name that maybe it's picked up a little bit more after the draft, but I think Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, I feel like we heard around draft time that there was no like franchise quarterbacks. Um, you know, only one went in the first round. It was him. And I know definitely in the dynasty draft wise, which, you know, being a good quarterback and being a good fantasy player is two different things, but, um, he didn't really have much stock at all rolling into that draft, but after seeing him in the preseason and, Hearing a lot of veterans, um, what they have to say, like LaShawn McCoy and, you know, other guys on these NFL networks and stuff, they're saying a lot of great things about Kenny Pickett, um, just the swagger he kind of has. And, you know, more um, not just underrated as a player, but maybe that's why I'm throwing him in this category because I feel like he's right with the Steelers underrated as a team. You know, he's Mm – I feel like what – Whenever if if he isn't playing this year, it's gonna be because Trubisky's must be playing well. Um, and I, I I see Kenny Pickett taking the job, but I see them doing really well. And I think I think they can be a playoff team this year. Um, it's not necessarily you know paved out for him like many other teams. But it's Mike Tomlin. He's one of the greatest coaches in the league. His resume of winning football games shows that so I think Kenny Pickett sneaking into the playoffs with the Steelers is definitely not what people would expect which is why I'll I'll say it could happen and why he's underrated yeah I mean Pickett Pittsburgh reminds me a little bit of uh Mac Jones in New England last year you know I feel like they're very compares comparable prospects where you know they don't necessarily do anything special but they do just enough you know, like, I don't know if Mac or Pickett are going to be guys that are ever going to elevate players around them and really take them to the next level, but you can kind of plug and play them into the system and they're never going to lose you again. You know, you, what you see is what you get. And yeah, I mean, I think Pickett is going to be fine. I think he's just solid. I mean, I think his ceiling's probably like Alex Smith, but I feel like that could win knowing with Mike Tomlin's history as a head coach. Always great run game, great receivers, great defense, stability, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Kenny Pickett a lot. I, I guess, yeah, I guess he missed an underrated last year. Okay. And then, uh, Thomas, who we got for your underrated? In the yeah, um, I'm going with the most, I think, disrespected quarterback in the league outside of Kirk Cousins. And I think that's Carson Wentz. Um, 
I'm sorry. I mean, his numbers are great. He's he he 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions last year. He had a pretty high um, QBR. Um, I feel like he's finally in a position where the team is kind of finally going to welcome him in with open arms and expectations aren't nearly as high. I think Washington's got a top 10 defense. I think they have a really good run game with um, Robinson as a starter now, along with Gibson. They're going to be using him all around. You got Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas. I mean, there's some weapons on this team, and they could be a dark horse team that could win that division. I just think Carson Wentz is just – he's just solid. Like, I don't think he's elite, but I think he's really good. Um, and I feel like he was treated poorly in Philly. I think he's a better passer than Jalen Hurts. And I feel like whether it's Hurts or Wentz at quarterback last year, that team is still in the playoffs either way. And I just feel like Wentz – I've watched him this preseason. I've watched every Carson Wentz snap this preseason because I just – I've been watching so many preseason games. But he looks comfortable in this offense – it's very easy going. He's going to have solid numbers. So I kind of feel like Wentz is going to be – because I feel like everyone views him as like a bottom five quarterback in the league, which I think is just asinine, where they're like, oh, this guy is in that Jared Goff, Daniel Jones territory, when I think in reality he's kind of in that 18 to 20 area. That's kind of where I view him, where I feel like you could win games with Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback, and I think you could make the playoffs. I was honestly a little shocked to see the Colts move on from Wentz to go with Matt Ryan instead. Um, the same I, area. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be much of a difference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think he's somewhat underrated, but I'd... I – I disagree there. Um, I I think Wentz – I just – like, I think his talent's there, but I just think he's lost all of his confidence. Oh, I, I that's where I'm – I, I don't think he had a back. Not it's Ron Rivera. Because I hate to like say that about players, but you know, I just think yeah, oh, he he's has. lost all his confidence. No. He's been a punch bag for everybody. I was thinking about um using Matt Ryan as my other underrated option. I think he was just kind of like he didn't have much going for him in Atlanta. Um and you know, Matt Ryan has put up great seasons. I know you could say he's older, but quarter a prime for a quarterback that isn't using his legs is definitely from 33 to 36, I would say. And mm-hmm. I think Matt Ryan's right on the edge of that, probably in his best situation he's ever been in, you know? Um, yes, he had Julio. Yes, he had other weapons, but he's got a really great young prospect in Michael Pittman and not that being the reason, but the offensive line and the Jonathan Taylor and the utility guy like Naheem Hines, um, you know, he, he had a league-leading rusher, I believe, in Devontae Freeman, but that's still nothing Turner. can compare to having Hines and Taylor. When they had well, Michael Turner, they had Turner Julio very Jones, long ago. Tony, very Tony long Gonzalez, ago. Roddy, Roddy White. Roddy White, that was Julio, a, Tony Gonzalez, and he's had a weapon. all played on the same team. That was a short stint, though. That was a short. No, it was stint. A, it was like a two year span of them all playing. I mean, they had Kyle game. Pitts last year. Don't forget that. I mean, Pitts is okay. a once well, in Okay, this is my thing. That's it. Though. When you look at when you look at when you look at the Colts and Philip Rivers, when they brought in Philip Rivers, they were a yeah. playoff team, and I think Matt Ryan is better than Philip Rivers is when Philip Rivers was going to the Colts, and I think Matt I think Ryan is better fair, right yeah. now. That's fair. But I but I don't see him going out there and you know putting up. He uh, should win what, a division. Anything. Any. Anything more than you know what Carson Wentz statistically put up? Do I think 
Matt Ryan will be smarter with the football and better for the offense. Yes. But statistically, I don't see it. I mean, personally, Frank Reich is now going into year, what, five or six? He's on the hot still seat. Has, and still has so many different coaches. I think he's one of – I mean, so many different quarterbacks. Every single year, a different quarterback has started for his franchise. And I think he's great. I think he's an amazing, an amazing coach. I think he's so smart. But they should have just fucking called it quits after Luck and just tanked. But they couldn't because he was so smart. They should have just called it quits and tanked and drafted a quarterback and let Frank Reich bring him into a star. And this is what I feel like it's just going to be another, you know, 10 and seven year for the Colts. And they're going to go to the playoffs and probably get bounced round one and have a late pick and not have any chance at one of the top players in this year's draft. And Frank Reich, I think, is a genius and he needs one of those young guns. But we got we really got to get moving. I'm sorry, guys. Wide receivers in the league, overrated, underrated. Be money. I'm starting with you. Overrated. See, yeah, I hate these questions because, oh, you know, but um, I think an overrated receiver for this season, um, I think you could say Devontae Adams. Um, he just went from the back-to-back MVP and – I mean, it, it's went to Derek you're Carr. Gonna, you went to, yeah, you go to Derek Carr, which, I mean, I'm not going to freaking throw rocks at Derek Carr like Thomas was, but I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's not Aaron Rodgers, and things are going to be a lot different there for you. Um, it's a run for him to. I expect him to take a, a step, a huge, huge step back production wise. Um, and for that fact, I will say that he is overrated. Still a good player, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just all about what, whatever. No, I mean, I feel like it's, you know, you I know, think we questions think, are always uh, fair. Everyone else's. It's the question really depends on what we think everyone else thinks about the person. Really, that's what it is. Right. And that, I mean, I, I mean, I'm basing it most of all. Of, because you know, because media, I'm right? basing. Right. I'm basing Devontae Adams being overrated based on what I think everybody else thinks about him. Yeah, and I, what, what everyone else so, thinks about him. You no, know, I true. think he'll have, a, I think, I think that he'll have a good year. A great, I think so, he's going to have a great I year, but I don't think he's, he's going to have the best receiver in the NFL, which people are saying. He won't even touch JJ Huh? He won't even touch J.J. from a production standpoint this year. Oh, get his cock out of your mouth. I think it's A.J. Brown is the most overrated receiver in the league. Uh, I just don't see his number. I mean, his numbers were never really that good in Tennessee. I don't think they were first-round numbers. He's never touched 1,100 yards. A few of them, obviously, because of injury. He missed three or four games throughout the year. Um, his touchdowns are solid. His 2021 numbers went down, though, from his 2020 numbers. Uh, Ryan, I think Ryan Tannehill, um, when it just comes to pure passer of the ball, I think Ryan Tannehill is a better passer of the ball than Jalen Hurts. The offense might be better, but, I mean, I just don't see A.J. Brown being worth pick 17. Uh, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, it's tough for receivers to pan out, and maybe he is worth pick 17. I get it. It all comes down to mainly contracts and all of that, why Tennessee traded him. But, I mean, I don't see him as one of the best receivers in the league. And I think that a lot of people are treating this Philadelphia move like that. Like, oh, my God, they got A.J. Brown, one of the best receivers in the league. I don't look at it like that. I think it's closer to um, the Cardinals getting Hollywood Brown than it is to the Raiders getting Devontae Adams. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think A.J. Brown's a little overrated. I mean, I traded him away in one of my dynasty leagues. So, I mean, I'm kind of with you there where I just don't know if he'll ever be what he was in Tennessee. Um, I'm going with Tyreek Hill because I just feel like when you go from Patrick Mahomes to – 
a limited to uh, Tagalayova, um, your production is just going to climb down. And you also have Jalen Waddle on the opposite side, who was an extremely impressive rookie. He, he had the most receptions in NFL history for a rookie. So, I mean, to think that they're not going to give Jalen Waddle the ball is just asinine. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill, he's not going to be the old Tyreek Hill where he's not going to catch a bunch of just bombs out of nowhere for 60 yarders. Like he is literally going to a team that is from the Kyle Shanahan tree and they're known to run the ball and do a lot of screen passes. There's not, it's not a big explosion offense like in Kansas city. So, I mean, I just feel like Tyree kill from a production standpoint, is just going to come down to what he's done for past years. I, I think he's got a better chance of scoring 10 plus touchdowns than he does like at like 1500 yards. Like I just, I don't see it. And going back to my last point, I think I maybe like Devontae Smith more than I like AJ Brown. I, I think I, I think yeah. I, I'm starting to like Smith more than I like Brown. I don't know if I like Waddle more than Tyreek. Um, I think Waddle might be a more pure wide receiver, but I mean, he's still got a Tyreek's Tyreek. I mean, the talent, yeah. the speed, you it's can't tough. Teach. It's tough. Brett underrated, or oh no, you already gave a, you already gave your. Overrated. He did overrated. We'll he did overrated. We've all done our overrated. All right, yeah. underrated. I'm gonna kick this one off. I'm going CD Lamb. I think he has full potential to fully explode this year and be a top five wide receiver in this league. I think he's the clear cut number one. Uh, McCarthy's going to be throwing the ball a lot this year, I think. Um, I just, I think C.D. Lamb's the guy. Michael Gallup's hurt. Uh, Tolbert. But he, uh, Tolbert's hurt. He's out for the year, is he not? Or, no, no, no. Tolbert's around, but who? I think he's our number and two. Then Noah, and, and then Noah Brown. I mean, I, I, I like the receiver room depth, but I think, I think C.D. Lamb has a chance to fully explode and um, you'll find out even more what I have to say about him in the future later on in the show. So I think I, I'm buying all in on CD Lamb this year. He's my underrated guy. All right. Uh, all right. Then I'm going to kick it off with that. I'm going to go. I think Allen Robinson is extremely underrated. He's finally, for the first time in his career, in a great situation. And the best part is he's going against the number two corners because they're going to be so focused on Cooper Cup. I mean, Allen Robinson put up <clears throat> like top 10 numbers with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. He's had 100 plus catch seasons. He's in now with Matthew Stafford. I mean, we could see a season where Allen Robinson explodes for like 15 touchdowns because I mean, we saw how Odell Beckham was in the playoffs last year and just towards the end of the year. I mean, Odell was explosive. And I just think Allen Robinson is going to be Stafford's go to guy in the red zone because outside of Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, who's really around? Van Jefferson's hurt. Odell's a free agent. Tyler Higby, like Tutu Atwell, like what's really, where's the production going to go besides Allen Robinson? And I just feel like everyone's going to pay so much attention to Cooper Cup that Allen Robinson's going to show people like, now that I actually have a legitimate quarterback who's going to give me the ball, like I'm going to show you what I could have been years ago. And I just feel like everything I've heard in camp is Allen Robinson Stafford's go-to guy in the end zone. I mean, he's just so reliable. He's throwing 50-50 balls to him. So, I mean, I just feel like Robinson's going to be a very productive wide receiver this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brett, um, underrated. I, I want to say I agree with Thomas there. I, um, I feel like a lot of people have Robinson way lower than what he, he is. Um, he can definitely be uh, that. I feel like they can – replicate what happened with uh the Bengals last year you know having t higgins light it up 
drop and have wide receiver one production. I think the Rams can do that with uh, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson as well. But underrated, um, I'm gonna go with receiver out of Tampa Bay. Um, I don't. I feel like he's been getting no attention, but he seems to be clicking with Tom Brady. Um, I know Tom Brady was gone for like the last two weeks, but he is coming back. And before before Tom Brady had disappeared for whatever he disappeared for, he, he was hitting it off with this dude at camp, and that's Russell Gage. 26 years old, had decent production and not a good situation in Atlanta. You know, we were talking about Matt Ryan not really having much there. He was Matt Ryan's go-to guy, number one option, you know, for – for uh, certain stints in there, you know, with injuries and stuff like that. But uh, Gage, I think he's going to slide in uh, right right where Tampa Bay wanted A.B. to be, you know. It's like you got Tom Brady, you got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin. Julio. And that's – we still got more, you know. It's pick your poison, and I feel like Russell Gage is just going to eat in that situation. You did mention Julio. Bringing in Julio, I think – might hurt his production a little more, but if anything, I feel like the addition of Julio hurts um, Mike Evans' touchdown production um, just overall because, yeah, although you did bring in Julio, I think Gage is going to be this in-between-the-numbers guy, um, get behind the linebackers on play action, which Brady loves to do, and he's going he's gonna to be catching a lot of balls and be a key component to their team this year. Russell Gage, heavily underrated, going to be a key uh, player for the Bucks, who are without a doubt a contender. I love the Russell Gage pick. I wasn't expecting to come on here and hear Russell Gage, so I like that. Let's go on to the rookies. Overrated. I'll kick this one off as well. I'm going Brees Hall. I think he's got a lot of potential to come into this league and be good, but do I look at him? Do I see Najee Harris, game changer? Do I see Jonathan Taylor, game changer? I don't see it. And for a top 35 pick in this league, I don't think that's you know, maybe worth his value. And people are drafting him in dynasty leagues to be the 1.1, the best running back in the league. And I mean, it's maybe it's because I just think running backs are so overhyped and, uh, you know, just not as nearly as valuable as it used to be 15 years ago. And mainly because they're the most replaceable position in football. That's why I got Priest Howell as maybe the most overrated uh, rookie in this year's draft class. Yeah, um, I also agree. And I took Brees Hall with the first uh, with the first overall pick of my dynasty league. And I don't regret it because I feel like he is one of the most talented running back prospects to ever come out. But I do think the expectations for him are too high. Like, I think where he was drafted and the way this team is set up, just for him to be drafted, I mean, yes, he checked every box. And he, like, he is one of the most talented running back prospects to ever come out. But I think for him to come out and just be like a Najee Harris workload and just be that type of – back I think that's just unrealistic um I feel like I compare him he's more comparable I think to Javante Williams where he's not a full workhorse but you see a lot of flashes throughout the year to like maybe a year or two down the line is where he'll really take off because Jonathan Taylor was a pretty good rookie but he wasn't like the Jonathan Taylor of last year so I feel like it's very comparable situations where it's like the first year Jonathan Taylor he only saw about 60% of the work. He didn't get a full workload because they had Naeem Hines there. Now you have Michael Carter there. It's very similar situations. So I do feel like he's being overrated because everyone thinks he's like a top 10 back. 
Like, do I think a year from like he's only twenty? He just turned twenty-one recently, so it's like three years from now he'll be twenty-four, four years, twenty-five. Where it's like that's when he'll hit his peak. So I think from just from a twenty-twenty-two standpoint, that's why he's overrated. But I don't think he's overrated as a prospect. He'll have a really good NFL career. But I think for this season alone, which I think that's what this question is based on, um, yeah, the expectations are way too high for him to be like a savior, whether it's in fantasy leagues or even for the Jets in general. Overrated rookie, Thomas. You're up. Is that you? Oh, I went for the overrated rookie. No, my underrated rookie is actually um, no maybe, overrated. Who was your overrated again? It was Brees Hall. I agreed with you. I just oh, I just okay. like, I didn't know if you were like going on. Uh, Brett, who was your uh, overrated rookie? My overrated rookie was Brees Hall as well. All right, sounds <laughs> good. We're going to the underrated because, but yeah, oh. just based on both the thing, same things that you guys said. Um, not that I don't believe in his future production, yeah. but. Um, you know, I think we were all expecting him to just be that workhorse guy. Some people still are. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't rush for a thousand yards this season, which you asked that question as soon as the Jets draft him and you're probably saying yes. So for the, that case, overrated. All right. Uh, underrated Thomas, you seem like pretty eager to get yours out there. Who is it? I mean, there's a lot of names that could be out there. I mean, I think with the receiver position, there's a lot of underrated rookies, but I think I'm going to stick to the running backs and I'm going to go with Damian Pierce from Houston. I feel more comfortable with him from a production standpoint in 2022 than I do for Brees Hall. And I simply just think that he's, he had the highest PFF grade in all of college football last year for a running back. And he goes in the fourth round. That makes no sense to me. So I think he's got – I. He, they sat him out last week in preseason after his very first game the week prior. So I think that kind of speaks volume that they wanted to rest him and that they – because he's going to have a full workload. He's going to do very well, and I feel like he is the running back of the future. There's always that one sleeper guy who kind of just – a guy who is like a mid-round pick who pops up. The year before that, it was like a Monroe St. Brown was just a guy who just really popped off. You're like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? Like Damian Pierce, I think, could have a crazy year where he rushes for like 1,000 yards. And he has maybe eight touchdowns, and he's a running back of the future. And I just feel like Damian Pierce, like no one's even acknowledging him because he plays for the Houston Texans. So I feel like he's a sneaky pick for offensive rookie of the year. Right, who you got for your uh, most underrated rookie this season? I think I know. I like that. Um, underrated rookie, man. There's so many of them. Thomas, Thomas knows. There's. A, I know. I know. Couple. I know who you're gonna pick. Yeah, you're probably. Well, there's a couple. There's a couple. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick the one that Thomas probably thinks I'm gonna pick. So Isaiah Pacheco. Was that who you were thinking? I was thinking Tolbert. Tolbert, okay, yeah, he's one of them. I'll, I'll just give you a list. I think, you know, Tolbert, Pacheco, um, Alec Pierce with the Colts. Um, yeah, we'll leave it with those guys. But I'll, I'll deep dive into Pacheco. Seventh-round pick out of Rutgers, I believe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, nobody thought about this guy at all. Um, it was all the, the, all the focus was on Clyde. Um, can he, 
you know, live up to the hype. And then, then bringing in Ronald Jones who rushed for a thousand yards just two years ago, or, you know, very close. Like He's probably going to be cut next week. Right. And, you know, and I think a lot of that is because of the rise and emergence of Pacheco. He's already um, been locked away as their kick returner. Um, and the dude's just, uh, the guy just looks great in uh in the number 10 jersey, you know, with replacing Tyreek Hill. So I think I think that just has a little bias on it too for me. But he's working with the ones. He's fast. Andy Reid loves uh, guys that, you know, fit his mold, um, can run through you, run around you, that can just run, you know, and that's what Pacheco is. And I wouldn't be surprised um, with him having the most production out of all the running backs there this year. All right, I like it. Um, I'm going to stick away from the offense on this one. Uh, I'm going with Kair Alam, cornerback, Buffalo Bills. Bills. I think that uh, people underestimate how much of an impact he can have uh, just because it's already, like, primarily such a set defense around him. Trey White, Micah Pye, Jordan Boyer, Von Miller, Ed Oliver, um, just, you know, a good group of guys. Levi Wallace him. still there? Is I, Levi Wallace still there? I think so. Uh, I think so. And they got Gregory Rousseau, their first round pick last year, who looked, you know, strong at some points last year. So I think that, you know, Kyrie Alam come in here and just because he's got that set group of guys around him, he could have a really standout rookie year and maybe be like an under the radar defensive player of the year. Um, but it's going to be our defensive rookie of the year. But I mean, it's going to be tough comparing them to you know, Jordan Davis and all that. But we'll talk about that in next week's episode. Levi, Levi Wallace in Pittsburgh, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah, he is. Okay. All right. But yeah, I'm going Kyrie Long. I think he can go in there and have a really good impact with uh, such a set group already. Um, let's move on. Division predictions. But we got to rifle through these, and we'll get to our last segment right after this. We'll start with the AFC East. I'm going Buffalo Bills. No I'm also Bills. Bills. AFC North. I'm going Ravens. I am also going Ravens. I'm gonna go Steelers. Okay, we're gonna. Oh wait, no, no, no. Let me take that back. Let me take that back. I was, right. I, I just said thought, like I had to say that, you know, to fit my, my narrative from earlier. But I, yeah, I don't think Steelers are gonna win the division. I do think they can be a playoff team though. Oh, so yeah, say all that. I'll right, yeah, I, I got that mixed up there for a second. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Ravens too with y'all on that one. All right, AFC South and going Colts. Yeah, I have no faith in Ryan Tannehill whatsoever. So I'm going with Matt Ryan and them Colts. I think they could be a sleeper team. I could honestly make a run if all things go right. Because Pittman, Pierce, Campbell, Taylor, it's a pretty nice offense. That could, that could win some shootouts. Yeah, I think it's going to be back and forth between the Colts and the Titans here. Um, really, I'd, I'm sure they're similar, but I'd have to guess it's going to come down to the strength of schedule. That's what I would say. But um, – you know, I really like Matt Ryan, but I'm going to go with the Titans here uh, just because of how well they did last year without Henry. They did lose A.J. Brown, but, you know, maybe Burks can fill a little bit of that void and Henry coming back will help. Robert Woods is there. I think Robert right. Woods is there. I think it's – and uh, they also got uh, Hooper. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. Hooper. Yeah. Sleeper on the fantasy leagues. Tannehill. Yeah. Sleeper in the fantasy leagues. I think that division is a coin flip. Uh, I'm just going with the Colts just because I like Frank Reich a little bit more, even though Vrabel is amazing. I just think Frank – uh, Frank Reich 
he just kind of had a real shitty situation with all them quarterbacks just being picked and pop, picked and pop in his offense. He's really never been getting been able to get no sustainability. Yeah. I like Frank Reich a lot. I'm going with the Colts. AFC West, obviously the one that everyone wants to know. Uh, I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, yes, Tyreek Hill loss was very huge. I still believe that this is the best wide receiver room Patrick Mahomes has had spread out overall. Um, and I think that they still got the best coach in the division. And until someone proves me wrong on that, I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chargers, man. I feel like this is the most complete team in the entire league right now. I think they're strong, offensively strong, defensively. I think Brandon Staley is a hell of a coach. I really do. And I just think Herbert's taking that next step. And I feel like this team, I mean, you got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack targeting the quarterback on the same team. Like, that's just unheard of. They have a phenomenal secondary. Herbert could put 40 up on you and on three hours of sleep. Like, this guy is just a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And Austin Eckler is one of the best running backs in the league, and their offensive line's starting to come together. So I really feel like the Chargers are really just so much better than so many teams around this league. And I really feel like the Chargers could be this year's Bengals and go all the way to the Super Bowl. Hey, money. I like that. But isn't it weird? Haven't the Chargers just felt like that for, like, years? I feel like they've always been the good team that just – even last year, like, felt they should have been in the playoffs, you know. But they they basically were in the playoffs, you know. It was a playoff game. It came down to it, you know. I remember 2018 was the year where we were talking Rams Chargers Super Bowl. Uh, like one of Philip Rivers last year's, they were poised to be. A I mean, Philip. I just believe in they, Herbert so much. So I mean, I they think were Herbert, always. Oh, the Chargers are the kings of losing one-score games and inconsistency. Just, but yeah, I mean, the history means nothing about the future. I I like the pick, but I'm going with the experience here. Um, and just with you know, not that it means anything, but just with what we've seen from the past. Um, the past couple of years, you know, Matt Stafford goes to the Rams. Um, Tom Brady, Tom goes, Brady to the goes Bucks. to the Bucks. Russell Wilson comes to the Broncos in yet again, amazing situation. I feel like the Broncos are going to win the division here and wow. definitely one of my Super Bowl picks. Wow. Okay. All right. I like to see it. NFC East. Uh, I feel like both of you guys are going to disagree with me. I'm going with the Cowboys. And I heard Thomas say he's going with the Commanders. Yeah. No, no, I, oh. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm more so concerned. I, I'm concerned about their offensive line and the health of Chase Young more so. Like, I don't know if Chase Young is going to be ready. That's my main concern. But no, I, I got to go with the Eagles. I mean, I just feel like with there's, there's too much talent. I think Nick Sirianni is an underrated coach. Howie Roseman's one of the best GMs in the entire league. So, I mean, I just feel like the Cowboys. They've lost too much, and I don't believe Prescott could put a team on his back. I really don't. So I'm, I'm really going with the Eagles. B money, you're going with the Eagles, yeah. All right, this is uh, a big one here. We got a Bears, a Vikings, and a Packers fan who is winning the NFC North. I got the Green Bay Packers. It's uh, been three or four years since both Minnesota and Chicago deep dumped Green Bay in 2017 and 2018. Uh, since then, Green Bay's been the two NFC title games. Yeah, Rodgers just won two MVPs, and they've won all three NFC North titles since 2018. Um, it's kind of like a Kansas City Chiefs situation. I'm not going to say anything until we prove me wrong. I've heard Vikings fans say for years they're going to dethrone Aaron Rodgers out of the North. They have a first-time head coach this year. Do I think he has the ability to do it? Yes, it's still a first-time head coach. Still a brand-new system, still all that. 
Uh, I'm going with Old Reliable, and I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Thomas. Yeah, you know, um, this is tough because I've, I'm actually a very realistic Vikings fan. Like, if I, if I, if I don't think they're going to be good, like, I'll, I will say I do not think they're going to be very good. But I do think if there ever was a year for the Vikings to dethrone the Packers, it would probably be this year. There's a lot of changes in Minnesota, you, but also Green you do Bay. Realize, you do realize that you think the Vikings are going to be good every year, though, right? No, I did not think they would be good last year. You, you, you oh, could ask Will. Right. You could ask Will. I mean, I've been rough. I said there is no success for this team until Mike Zimmer is out of that building. So Mike Zimmer's out of that building. You brought in that many call the taller Sean McVay. You know, Kevin O'Connell, 36 years old, fits what's kind of worked for a lot of teams recently. And they didn't necessarily change a lot. They added a lot of talent. Um, the, the Vikings were not nearly as bad as what their record showed. They blew so many games. Like, I saw a stat where if they didn't give up a touchdown, like, in the final two minutes of each yeah, draft, I saw this draft, too. they would have went 15 and two. So, I mean, I think well, that's, the offense, that's the game, though. Well, yeah, it's, it's I agree. Candies for not is a terrible manager, like a game manager as a coach. So, but I do think with this offense and the skill set, you have Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. The offensive line looks to be pretty stable. Um, you got the defense back. You got Daniel Hunters, Darius Smith. Um, they have a, they've hit on their draft picks as of now, what it looks like. I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about Lewis seen Brian Asamoah, Andrew Booth, um, Ingram, the guard. So, I mean, they've hit on a lot. So I do feel like there's just too much turmoil in green Bay where it's just, if there's ever a year, like the defense of green Bay absolutely got better. Offense got significantly worse. We don't know if they've hit on those picks yet though. We don't, we do not know that they look good. They look good. Peter King. I mean, as of now, yes, we have to see, but as of now, it looks like it's going in the right well, direction. Fucking Brisker well, looks like a goddamn Hall of Famer to me. Fucking A, he's cracking motherfuckers. He's looking like goddamn fucking Sean Taylor out there. But I mean, I'm not we, really saying that he's turned our, out because we have no idea. We're two preseason games in it right now. What are you I, saying, will, I will say, um, I don't, I don't think I, I'm picking Green Bay. I don't think um, I do think that the defense got better. I, I disagree with the offense getting significantly worse. Um, on paper, I think it's really easy to say that. But um, as a Packer fan and being uh, being honest, when watching the games without Devontae Adams, I mean, our offense is still amazing. And it, it's always looked that way. And I, I've probably watched – I've seen every game without Devontae Adams because I watch every Packer game. So, um, I think the running, I think, uh, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, um, you know, you need another year or like who's to say they're going to be healthy all year. That's the main important things with running backs. But I think if they are healthy all year, we're definitely a lot better in the running back department than we were last year. Yes. Two same players, but I think Aaron Jones isn't going to be losing much from where he was at last year to this year. And I think AJ Dillon, with just how much production he got last year is definitely a lot more comfortable mentally in the offense ever. So, you know, that's a plus getting arguably the best left tackle in football back. That's a huge plus always. And yes, we did lose the receiver, but there's no better team to lose your best receiver than the green Bay Packers with 
a good old line and Aaron Rodgers, you know. So with the rookies, um, hope one of them guys pan out. I do think Sammy Watkins is going to have a great – I think every game he – I think the games he play will be great. I'm not sold to say he's going to have a great season yet because if he gets I'm a not sold yards, he can play that this- many games. You will what? If he gets over a thousand yards this year and proves me wrong, I will literally like eat a stick of butter on this podcast. Honestly, I, I have no faith in Sammy Watkins whatsoever. I have more Randall Cobb putting up to a thousand yards than that's the bro. That's the clip we need to start the next episode. <laughs> Sammy Watkins gets a thousand yards. I will eat a stick of butter. Deal. We'll start that with the episode. Uh, but um, yeah, man, watch the Packers, dude. Watch. I mean, is it one of those? No one, is it another one of those years where you'd put the money on it with JP? Are you not as confident as you've been in the past? Oh, I'll put it on there with JP. Dude, JP doesn't want to do that. Come on. All right, we got to move on. <laughs> NFC South. Uh, I feel like this should be an easy one. I'm going to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks. Um, New Orleans. I'm just kidding, Tampa Bay. <laughs> and we'll finish it off with the NFC West. I think this is a. Uh, uh, a lot more clear than people around the league would think. I think it's the Los Angeles Rams. I don't think the Cardinals are close to the Rams this year, and I don't think the 49ers are by any means either. I'm going 49ers just because, like, honestly, oh, dude. Oh, hell no. Trey Lance is getting MVP votes. It's, it, it, it's going to happen. I mean, the breakout is is here. I believe in Brandon Ayuk taking next step. George Kittle. I feel like this is a top five defense. The Rams lost a lot. Stafford, not many people even realize this, but Stafford led the league in interceptions last year. Like, and he, I mean, I know he's a gunslinger, but I just feel like we've seen this before where like there's teams that are like, they're there every year. This reminds me a little bit of when Mahomes went to Kansas city to replace Alex Smith. Lance is now replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. And you're going to, you have that big playability. Like Lance was the most talented quarterback coming out of the draft class last year. He has the mobility, the arm strength, the moxie, the swagger. He's got everything you want in a franchise quarterback. And they were just in the NFC championship game last year. If Trey Lance is quarterback and he takes that next step, like if you just have some of the arm talent that you just add to Jimmy Garoppolo and that athleticism, I just feel like the Niners are just a more complete team. Things just fell kind of right for the Rams last year. And I don't know if they could repeat it. Like, I just feel like a lot of things fell in place. Trey Lance has got to prove to me. I mean, he's got to prove it up with his on-field play. They, he threw a fucking wide-open bomb to Danny. This preseason. He, he threw a wide-open bomb to Danny Gray, and everyone in their fucking moms came in their pants. It was wide open. I fucking ate. Brett White could the lefty could have made that fucking play. He throws at the moon. He bears Twitter is going to go in the yeah, car. They're obviously going to be happy. But if Justin Fields makes that play, I'm thinking to myself, 32 quarterbacks in the NFL can make that throw. I'm like, okay. That's it? Fields is the guy. Like, no. I'm thinking every – no, I'm thinking I, – if, if Justin Fields makes that throw, I'm not sitting there, uh, I'm obviously happy. Yeah, Fields to Darnell Mooney for a touchdown. I'm thinking, hell yeah. But I'm thinking to myself – there's at least 32 other guys in the NFL that can hit a wide open. Danny Gray, who's got five yards of separation, 30 yards down the fucking field. Amazing a lot. I saw last year. I thought Lance looked really good last year. In the I mean, he, he started one game and they he looked he looked okay. And he what do you go like? He threw like 65 or 60 percent complete last year. So I mean, huh? 
He had five touchdowns, two picks in from his touchdown to interception. He played in like two or three games, I believe. But I think with a full offseason under his belt, I just feel like there's a lot of options. Danny Gray's another sleeper, another weapon. George yeah, like, is 100%. in his prime. Like, I mean, with this, but it's like a top five defense. That's what I'm is what really sold me on this is because oh, I mean, but Trey Lance has to take the next step for me. I know, I, which is I think that's more than fair. But I just think if if he does, that's a top if five, a top five defense. That's probably a number one seed in the NFC yeah. for years to come. If he does, then yeah, the Niners definitely are winning the division. Dude, I just don't see it, it being that much. Of a step. From the talks of this, I don't know why you didn't mention Trey Lance being overrated because you you obviously think he's overrated because. I'm telling you, his rating right now is that he's the star. He's the Justin Fields. I mean, he's, he's going like, to be the guy. You don't like Mac Jones. You don't. I mean, the only one we haven't heard you say you don't like. Okay. Is- well, the, everyone, the Mac Jones thing is fair. Am I being wrong here? And what has Trey Lance done? I'm a prove it guy. I just bash the entire Jets mm-hmm. franchise because nobody's. What does it matter? Here. What What does it matter what you've done? Oh, so we're just gonna get we're just gonna call Trey Lance a superstar and 49ers are winning the division now. Not, yeah. a, not a superstar, but I mean, no, I think it I think he's he's definitely he's definitely he's definitely should be the best quarterback out this class. And I mean, he's had the time and he's given the reins to the team, a great team. Like if the Niners are anything less than a playoff team this year, fucking huge bust, I think. I don't think you move on from Garoppolo. And what, let alone keep him on the roster, unless you have so much faith in Trey Lance and he's shown you stuff in practices. I mean, he's looked great in practices. He's he looked great when he was on the field last year. He's looked great in preseason. So far, I haven't seen him when he does, he does not look. He did great. not look great on the field last season. He did not look great by any means. Good, yeah, solid, yeah, but great is insane. We cannot go tossing around that fucking word lightly right now. He has not looked great in preseason. He has not looked great. In practice, we are talking great here, people. Well, great. great. I mean, who, whoever, who's ever looked great in those situations? But what we can say is his plays looked really promising to do promising, some things yes. for, like, having the most rushing attempts, like, we've it's ever well, seen. Impressive. You want to add that to one of the top rushing attacks in offense? How many times are you going to be able to go too high against the Niners? Um Probably not very much, if ever, let alone with guys like Danny Gray running down the seam and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. I mean, this you got Kittle, you got Elijah Mitchell. There's weapons everywhere. No, there is weapons. I need to see it though. Like, I need to see his arm talent. His arm talent hasn't, like, I mean, I need to see a Trey Lance rushing ability. A Trey Lance rushing ability. His legs are phenomenal. I'm not knocking his legs right now by any means. He's I mean, the best. Is, I think he's it, probably going to be. Is the it second fair to best. say he's top top three, top four? Let, I mean, we got Lamar. I think I mean, it Josh is Allen. I think it's can, fair. I think Josh he's better Allen, than Josh Lamar. Allen on the legs, probably. He's a great, phenomenal rushing quarterback. Yes. Jalen Hurts and but Trey Lance. That's who I'm putting. Not even his best strength, like his legs. His legs are just an asset. It's just a luxury. His his arm strength even coming out of North Dakota State was the arm, the deep ball accuracy. Yeah, he's, but they looked he's, in him at the draft. And and wasn't I mean all the teams interviewed him. It it wasn't wasn't he the most he intriguing was, prospect IQ wise? Like every team, like it was no. If I remember correctly, all the teams 
we're walking away from the thing saying like, oh, Trey Lance seems to be the most mental or have the most mental capabilities for football. He's able to pick up an offense quick. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I wouldn't say he's definitely was the most mental ready or, or mentally smart when it comes out of the draft. But I mean, I think maybe talent wise, yes, I think he was the most talented quarterback out of the draft. So what do you need to see from Lance? Because you said you like 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions or 11 interceptions for fields. Like that's a terrible year, in my opinion, for Trey Lance if he has that. So what do oh, you yeah. Lance exactly? Like I'm not saying he's throwing I mean, I... five picks, but I think if you see a year where he completes about 65 to 70% of his passes, he throws for about 38 to 4,000 yards and he has 28 touchdowns and like, eight picks that's a really good year for him I think in, I think in his system in his offense he's probably gonna have 24 touchdowns 11 interceptions 3,800 yards in his system I think with he's gonna have 30 plus touchdowns 30 plus with total rushing yeah total no, oh, I, I, mean, just, I can see that yeah I can see that total no passing total. I think he touches like 23 24 I think total yeah he can probably hit 30 I think Kittle gets like has a monster year so if he's I'm, healthy yeah, I'm, well, that's the same for Debo Samuel. Like, there's a lot of guys that do have question marks. So I do. I guess I think the 49ers win this division if everyone stays healthy, because I just feel like there's too much talent not to. And I'm still not necessarily sold on the Rams as a team that is just the favorite every year. I just feel like yeah, a I'm gonna I'm take. I'm gonna go Rams though. I mean, the Rams have. I mean, maybe one of like talent wise. I mean, they have dudes: Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, Bobby, uh, like Bobby, many- Bobby Wagner, Allen Rob. Like, I mean, they got guys. How many games is Aaron Donald going to be suspended that could affect them? I don't know. Is he going to get suspended for that? If if Miles Garrett got suspended, Aaron Donald's for sure getting suspended. That's assault. What he did today. That's, that was crazy. I did see that. What we got to move on, though. We got he, – dude, he oh. took – he had two Bengals helmets, and he was whipping them around, smashing people with them, like Miles Garrett. He ripped off two – dude, there's a picture of him with two Bengals helmets in his hands, like ready to take on the, an entire crowd. Start the year. Two to three games to start the year. Minimum. crazy. Yeah, he's going to be suspended to start the year probably. Um, all right, last question of the day before we wrap things up. Holy shit, we're over two hours. Uh, prove it year. Name three players in the NFL who have the most pressure on them this season. Who, who wants most to go? Pressure. I'll, I'll start us off. Um, I think I think one. Um, Jay, I, yeah, Jalen Hurts. I talked about it a little bit. Um, I think he'll do well, but I think he has a lot of pressure on him. You know, there was talk about the coaching staff that he's with. Um, not wanting him or whatever, but he's he's got the pieces around him now, and it's a real big prove it year. Um, you said name three guys. Yeah, three. Oh yeah, another one I would say is Derek Carr. Um, he's kind of had a lot of opportunities, but this seems to be the most surrounded he's been. And it might not be a prove it year, maybe like a prove it years, couple years, you know, two years, but this could be. Um, Definitely uh, make or break for his time in make or, Vegas. Make or break for the first year, yes, because if, if they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be a lot of chatter over there. And um, player number three, um, 
Well, you know, I'll go, I'll go ahead and say Dak Prescott. Um, I, I said that the Cowboys are overrated and, um, you know, if he's going to be proven, if he's going to be proving me wrong and doing what a lot of people think the Cowboys are going to do, he's going to have to have an amazing season because, you know, he, the receivers aren't there. Um, he's got a great tight end at Dalton Schultz, a good number one in CD lamb, but you know, he's going to have to, he's going to have to do a lot and he's going to have to have a great year. So, you know, there's tons of players that have a lot of pressure on them this year. I think there's multiple players on many teams for financial reasons. Um, you know, the expectations, all of that, but I just think those are three uh, pretty important players around the league, all quarterback anyway. Thomas, three players who have the most pressure on them this season. Prove that you're. Yeah, you know, I'm going to attack Iowa. I mean, they have. I mean, they didn't want you. Like Flores didn't want you. They were trying to get Deshaun Watson. They were trying to get Tom Brady. I mean, he's only really been here like one or two years, and it's just there's no faith. I mean, they signed Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year, ten million dollar deal. People seem to forget. So there's a chance Tua could be benched at any point. But it's like you trade for Tyreek Hill. You got Mike Jacecki. You got Jalen Waddle. You got a new coach. You got Chase Edmonds in the backfield. I mean, they're setting you up for success where it's like if he doesn't do well this year, similar to Jalen Hurts, they're going to be looking for another guy a year from now. So I just feel like there's so much pressure and they spent a top five pick on him. The second one, I'm going to go Kirk Cousins. I know I'm a Vikings fan crazy, but it's just like there's always been some kind of excuse of why he can't win the big game, whether it's coaching or just something happened. And, oh, if you just get an offensive minded guy, he'll unlock it. So I think with Kevin O'Connell, who unlocked, like, because Cousins have been often compared to Matthew Stafford, oh, a lot of time where it's just like, oh, you just get a guy who could really unlock him. So, I mean, O'Connell seems to be able to unlock him, but it's like you don't know. I mean, the weapons are there. Like, if the Vikings don't win 10 games or at least be a wild card team, like, what more do you need to see from Kirk at when he'll be entering his age 34, 35 season? So, yeah, I mean, Cousins, there's just so much pressure because they literally fired Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman for you. Like, what do you want? You are a franchise quarterback. You've been here for five years. What do you need to be successful? And Kevin O'Connell came up. So O'Connell is really there to help Cousins. Now, running back, I'm going Saquon Barkley. I think he's a full-out first-round bust. He has had one good season his entire NFL career. And since his rookie year, he has scored a total of eight touchdowns eight his yards were carry down like you could argue the injury it's hard to come back from I get it but it's like his second year he played he barely had over a thousand yards and he only had six touchdowns that's it I mean he really just had that one good year and I feel like if he doesn't have another good year at all or even just get close to it um the Giants are going to cut the court and he's going to be gone out of there and for a top four pick he went fourth overall he has not even come close to expectations. Two. It was two. Oh, yeah. He was, was behind Baker. What? No. Because that was – yeah, it went right behind Baker because that was when the Bears – there was rumors of the Bears trading Jordan Howard in pick seven in a third-round pick to the Giants to get second to draft Saquon. Darnold went second. No, Darnold went three to the Jets. Well, because Denzel Ward, wasn't he fourth? Fourth to the Browns, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Saquon was two. I know that's a lot. Bar Barkley, you got to give it to Barkley, dude. He's had he's had two good seasons. He's had two. 
I mean, what do you look for in a good season, though? I mean, I think well, Bailey a thousand yards and not ten touchdowns. That's not good. Well, like he had he had a thousand yards, but he played thirteen games. Our, our, he he missed like the first three games of the year. Twelve hundred, maybe. Like, but I mean, at the same look, time, I'm looking at his overall, yards right now. But for second, he overall. also you're expecting. Yeah, but but this is in thirteen. He played thirteen games. Like he, I'm looking. He's averaging seventy-seven yards a game. So yeah, we want to talk bad. three more games. Yeah, we're we're talking thirteen hundred yards. That's good, but. He's he still caught over 50 passes that year. I mean, he still had 1,500 yards. I mean, that's – he's had two good years. Then he blew out his ACL, and then he had his year after his ACL recovery. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to have a good year when he blew out his ACL. I wouldn't it, expect though, I him to have a good it. year – after his blown out ACL and that's two years and he's only been in the league for two other years and he's dominated. So yeah, you could also argue this man is, is healthy this year. Go in the first going to be good. Oh, yeah, which I agree with you does. Yeah, he I has mean, a shit ton yes. of pressure on him this year, but I mean, to think Barkley's going to be bad this year, I think, well, I, I, mean, I think I, I love it because it helps. The offensive is not improved. Brian Dable's offensive not- line is heavily improved. I mean, I guess from if you want to go from below average to maybe almost average, like that's about yeah. it. I mean, Daniel Jones is still quarterback. Vable has not been known to run the ball like in Buffalo. Maybe it's because they didn't have a running back. I guess you could argue, but like he's a bear, he's a big pass heavy guy. And Barkley is just, I just think when it comes to expectations, like we keep searing, oh, Barkley's going to be the guy this year. He's going to be so good. And then he, he, he's just not. He's below four average yards per carry the last few years. I mean, it's just what he averaged last year, under four. Like, there's been guys on worse teams that average at least four or five. So, I just have a hard – I just feel like from where he was drafted, number two overall, like, you're expected to be a game changer. You're expected to be Adrian Peterson 2.0, and you're just not. You're just – you're not even a top five guy. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Saquon definitely has a lot of pressure on him this year. Uh, my final three for the show, prove it year, name three players have the most pressure on them. One, I got Jerry Judy out of Denver. I haven't seen much out of him in his first uh, two years, especially with guys like C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, living up to the hype over you right now, it's not looking too good. You got Russell Wilson there, prove it year for me. Uh, I agree with Thomas on Tua Tagovailoa. Obviously, the whole situation there has been murky ever since he's gotten there. You know, he's had, uh, you know, Justin Herbert was taken behind him. That's obviously a big thing. He's got to really step it up. And uh, third, I'm, you know, there's nothing wrong with going with Viking because I'm going with Bear. I'm going with Eddie Jackson. Paid a lot of money, one of the top paid uh, safeties in the league. Um, coverage grade's been decent, but he hasn't had a season like 2018 where he had six interceptions, the three defensive touchdowns in one year. Um and I think he only has three total interceptions in since 2018. I know like four of them have literally been called back because of defensive pass interference. That wasn't his fault. Um, but still, he's only got three when it comes to the stats. Uh, so now uh, he's got Jaquan Brisker, a true box safety, which is what he, you know, plays so well to his strengths because it gives him just free range to roam. He doesn't have to kind of be that hybrid safety. He's just, you know, just the free safety. He's got the free roam now with Jaquan Brisker there. Uh, secondary is better, and uh, Matt Uberflus defense is all about getting weight. Is all about ter- uh, takeaways. So I mean, you want to be paid like that fifteen million. Uh, you know, this is a prove it year for him because if the Ryan Poles regime showed one thing, it's that they do not care who you are. 
or what you did for this franchise, they will cut you or they will trade you and they don't give a shit because this is their team now and they're looking here to win and build something different and they don't care about your little 2018 fun season where you got bounced out in the fucking wild card round. So uh, Eddie Jackson's on a big prove it here. Any last statements, y'all? Agreed? Fuck the Vikings, bear down. All right, uh, that's going to wrap things up for episode number one of season two. We had a long one today, folks, but, you know, we got to really break down everything that's going on. It's been a chaotic offseason. We really need to get down to the bottom of things. So uh, we had to today. Sorry for the long episode, but I hope you enjoy. I'm Will G, joined by Thomas Gorski and B-Money White. Peace.